Mm-hmm. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 31 Ooh. of Pop Culture Crisis. 31. Almost close to your birth um, age, I mean, not birthday, age. <laughs> birth age? Birth age, That's, yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. New words are invented on the show. Uh, new concepts, new words, mm-hmm. all those things. Speaking of new, it's, uh, that was a horrible segue. Introduce yourself, young lady. You're my co-host. <laughs> Hi, Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. How you doing today? Great. I didn't real. Who put on the sticker of the foamy? Um, Me. Okay. I was like, who put that on? I put that on there. If, if you're listening to the podcast, you wouldn't be able to see it. But uh, up in the top right corner, there was like this dead space. And I'm like, I cannot abide. And I, I had to add the, <laughs> what is that thing? Um, I, I don't even know. I think it's from a skating company. It, it looks like a, like a deformed alligator to me. I thought it was a worm. It could be. But, uh, Enough about the backgrounds that we love for now. We have a co-host today. Yay. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. How you doing today, Hannah I'm Claire? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me back. Great. Yeah. Hannah Claire is wearing her favorite sweater. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing my uh, knit Tommy Hilfiger American flag sweater. Mm-hmm. I got it at an auction house for like $2. Wow. Yes. Uh, I remember when, one time when I was young, my mom bought me a Tommy Hilfiger like polo with long sleeves and it had like a racing uh a car on the front and i like i was like this is stupid i don't like it and my brother's like, no man you gotta tommy hilfiger's cool and then he played me a bunch of rap songs that reference tommy hilfiger um so that was my experience growing up in the suburbs i feel like he is sort of a like 90s brand i have always liked it first off like knit stuff is cool the whole thing is knit mm-hmm. and uh, i have a sort of secret not secret i have a collection going of like patriotic sweaters so oh, how cute Good. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of our. Miracle uh, has a jacket that's the the very patriotic jacket. Yeah, our head designer slash artist um, Jessica, she got it for me, and uh, Brian gave it to me. He was like, "Here you go," and they also gave me like more things for my birthday. There, what like, does it look like? The jacket. So Sorry. basically, um, right here, the Delta um, has like studded stars on it. So it looks like I'm Captain America, kind of. And then, That's like, cool. going down, it's like the uh, stripes of red and blue. I'm um, Not red and red blue. Red and white. Red and white. I can't English right now. <laughs> Something's, like, happening to me because mm-hmm. I woke up late again. That's we, we're going to put that on a t-shirt for you someday. That'll be that'll be a marketable merch. What? Yeah. Something's happening to me or I no, will play uh, again? I no, uh, I can't English right now. I can't English right now. That's my trademark. Like I got a fan mail where like she sent me a planner and she was like, I love it when you say I can't English right now. That's my favorite thing. So funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and uh, we're also going to like pray that the background holds for Hannah because mm-hmm. uh, I've been making adjustments in the studio. Uh, and if anything falls off, we're gonna we're gonna stop, and you won't even notice because it'll be through the magic of editing. Mm-hmm. But my hope is that everything holds. I'm up just gonna today. subtly roll back and catch it. <laughs> totally fine. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. This is not a subtle roll. It's very no, difficult. That was to very <laughs> yeah. was not the most subtle, but that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We'll figure out ways. But we, I think it should be fun. As long as nobody runs up here. Let's, let's hope not. Nick can come up if he wants to do mm-hmm. something, but in general, I, people... If, it, if you guys get annoyed with... If I get annoyed with you guys, I'll throw my head headset down and then I'll hit it and it'll fall and I'll dramatically walk out. That'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really cool, but Just like I feel like if there's a lull in the conversation and we need some energy, that's mm-hmm. what I'll do. That's that's good. We don't like lulls. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the lulls, but that's totally different. A, a different thing. Really. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, there's a bunch of articles that started to appear which almost feels coordinated about the possibility of the Batman being delayed 
I do not want to see that happen. We're also going to talk about a new movie uh, called Super Pumped. No, I'm sorry, not movie. It's a streaming show from Showtime called Super Pumped about the rise of Uber as a company. Ooh. Yes, uh, I knew. I, th- I figured you'd get you'd find this one interesting. I also found a Sandra Bullock article here. Um, this is a little bit more. Del- esoteric as far as what we're going to talk about talking about the role of uh, women as they age in Hollywood Mm. she puts this as sexism I put it as capitalism and industry Mm. uh, and the arts and how they all kind of intersect that's my own personal opinion Uh, and then there's a really funny article about whether award shows matter or not anymore I knew you I I put that one back in when I when I saw that that when when you added when yeah Hannah Claire um Message me today She's like I'm not trying to invite my way On your show But if you need a guest You mm-hmm. had mentioned That you might I, have me back I wanted No I, I, I was I had, gonna I me- meant to tell you when What my schedule was this week And then I was like Oh no It's I was, time I was gonna message you Over the weekend uh, But you were uh, I, I didn't know where You know you weren't around Because uh, you around, can't message me Unless it, I'm physically In front of you Like yeah. yes uh, I, I'm very like I'm like I'm gonna send a message I'm like But it'd be so much easier If I was just looking at her And I could say it Yeah um, So I added this one About the award show Shows back in because uh, because you said you wanted to be on here today and then for the potluck that was the name or, or pod, pod pod luck that is very clever mm-hmm. um, the pod luck uh, or as I like I still call it a roundup but pod luck works too uh, we've got uh, some stories about nice Keanu mm-hmm. uh, an upcoming oh. version of the raid on Netflix which has a lot of people worried and me uh, hilariously uh, ambivalent and then Antonio Brown is back in the news after well, what you happened have to explain why it's called pod luck. Uh, because uh, the idea was a potluck, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, who, does anybody want to pull up the actual physical definition of a potluck right now? I got you. Oh, uh, so the, I mean, everybody knows what Give it is. Give us a nice Midwestern boy description of a potluck. No, right? no, I'm not doing that. I want, I want the physical... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it in words that would... But um, it's, it's what this is, right? So... And thank okay. you for the nice Midwestern, Midwestern boy thing. That was you very, are. That was very kind. Okay, uh, potluck is uh, used in reference to a situation in which one must take a chance that whatever is available will prove to be good luck. That doesn't seem like it. No, it doesn't, doesn't. Okay, here's the North American definition. There you go. A meal or a party to which each of the guests contributes a dish. There you go. So we've got a bunch of different articles coming in to kind of... Uh, one of these articles Miracle sent me, which was the... I believe you sent me the the nice Keanu mm-hmm. one. And I chose the one from The Raid, and I chose the... In- you might have sent Wait, me the so Antonio Brown one, too. Next time, can I bring yes, one? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, ab- you, you absolutely can. That Just would be awesome. This is an excellent podluck. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So next next episode, you can you can absolutely... Like, like this would be interesting. And the, the concept behind it was basically like, there's a bunch of stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor when we're filming these or sure. like recording these where I'm mm-hmm. like we could talk about this but I don't know if we can get a full segment out of it sure, yeah. I love and a lot of them are great stories but it's like it's either if it makes 10 minutes it'll be just me ra- rambling the whole time mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily the most interesting because a, a lot of times I'll be like it'll, I'll pick topics and I, I miss sometimes I pick yeah. stuff that's really interesting to Mer- me and Miracle's like yeah I don't care yeah mm-hmm. so, I think it'd probably be like more eyes on this kind of news there's always stuff going on yep. <clears throat> um, finally my like, internet like loaded on the on this laptop we Pick were back had, up. yeah like the wi-fi right now it's really low but i just got it um the definition of potluck so the re- definition is reference to situations in which one must take a chance wait that- i just read that one okay thank you i like zoned out because i was so worried so focused yeah because sorry um, i didn't mean to cut you off nobody can see this but i'm dual willing 
two laptops right now. She's, she is she, the queen of the internet. She's very much the queen of the internet right now. Um, it actually does look, you look very like uh, like you're in the situation room of like a, a big uh, government mm-hmm. event and you're like, oh, they're trying to hack in. She reminds me of all my friends who work as like consultants for big companies and they'll <laughs> have like their three phones and their two laptops and they'll be like, I have all these flight numbers. Do you want to go somewhere? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're just a busy businesswoman. Go ahead. No, no. No, Because I was like, well, I'm looking for a certain email that our, um, technically she's our manager, right? She's the um, COO, Allison. She's looking for a certain email and that email is not loading up. So I'm freaking out. Well, you can tell her that uh, you can message her and say we're recording right now. And no, no, no. She said whenever I have the time, but I kind of want to give it to her now because. Well, it's how about a you wait till after we record? See, the, she, I the told segment. you she's a busy businesswoman she's a busy who needs business to work. Woman. Can't keep her from getting her professional responsibilities mm-hmm. done. Well, then I don't want to hear any uh, I don't knows or hmms. There, there can be no breaks in there. You have to you have to pay full attention and look up emails. Well, I can't because we only have one bar in here. Yep, so so it's a futile it's mm-hmm. futile anyways so that's yeah. uh, that's the stuff we're gonna talk about uh, uh, the Batman one which we're gonna just uh, we'll just get into it right away I'm excited uh, Batman but, I used to think what Batman was my favorite superhero yep. uh, and this is uh, one of those things where I I, I, I love the it, it really is the COVID uh, narrative of all these things so basically the article is from Cinema Blend I'm trying to do better about shouting out the articles when we do this I, I struggle I'll remind that. you thank you um, it says DC fans are worried about Robert Pattinson's The Batman uh, uh, are worried oh, face of COVID-19 see some of these like I, I, can you tell me uh, as, a, as a writer if this is a copy editor mistake or if I'm reading this wrong okay, okay. so it says DC fans are worried Robert Pattinson's The, Bat- the Batman will face a COVID-19 related setback uh, it's, to f- me it feels like it should, say, it should say DC fans are worried that Robert Pattinson's The Batman will face a COVID-19 related setback. Is it just a... There's is that a just grammatical term for this where you omit the word that, like it could be there. It's not technically wrong, but okay. um, right. I will look it up and get back to you. I have a vivid memory of learning this in high school English. Okay. So it's uh, where you can omit the word, but you know, it seems more cl- like... It's it's the word is kind of implied by the sentence. Okay, so, like I'm looking at it from a from a speaker's perspective. They're looking at it from a writer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some of the stuff that it doesn't necessarily need to be true for internet journalism, but it was true, especially when you were doing pl- print and like yeah placing everything on the page so it didn't get lost. They made decisions to cut some words so headlines would fit or whatever. Oh, would fit, that makes like perfect sense. Yep. Um, so some some news writing standards okay. have stuff like that. So we've learned something new today. Yep. I'm excited. This reminds me a lot of AP English. I don't remember what happened in that class. I just passed what it would be. I loved AP English. I loved AP Lang and AP Lit, and then I got to Green English. Well, I took regular English and regular Lit. Wait, and did you take Gate English or CP? I have no idea what I those know what mean. That means I don't know what that means. Oh, um, our school offered so it's probably different. Uh, they offered, by school district. Yeah, so they offered three different levels: freshman and se- uh, sophomore year. But then junior, junior and senior year, you only had CP, so college prep, or um, AP, which is um, what does AP stand for again? Advanced, Advanced placement, placement. which is like you then. It's such a monopoly. One day we'll have a whole rant about the AP SAT system, the we'll monopoly an, that exists on that. We'll have an educational podcast that that would be. You look like you. She's like, I, I love it already. 
livid about it. Mm-hmm. It's Wait. just a scam. Mm-hmm. But more thoughts on that later. Okay, it is so a scam. how is Batman? So so it says uh, it says it's been a wild few years for us all, and the fi- and the film industry still continues to be affected by COVID nineteen related setbacks. Movies are back in theaters, but a number of major projects have underperformed, seemingly as a result of moviegoers' nerves related to the Omicron variant. <coughs> mm. I don't know about that. Got a little, <laughs> little Omi over there? Uh, okay? so, yeah. so could the Batman be delayed again? Here's what Warner Brothers exec thinks. There's a ton of excitement surrounding Matt Reeves' The Batman, thanks to an A-list cast and striking trailers, but the movie's long, uh, been a long time coming and was delayed a full year as a result of the pandemic with fans worrying about another delay. Warner Brother, Warner Media, I always still want to call them Warner Brothers. It's Warner Media now. Uh, there's no brothers anymore. Uh, Jason Kalar recently addressed these concerns. We're certainly paying attention to everything going on with Omicron. We feel good about the date right now. We're going to watch it day by day. You have to assume that like even stuff, uh, the example that I bet you they give farther down here is that the movie morbius got pushed back that was Uh, well last time i was on we talked about that yes Mm -hmm. and uh uh, some people have listed omicron but what i'm finding is that that is literally the go-to excuse now for everything like hollywood is doing right now oh i give it all the time like if someone tries to make plans with me i'm like bob covid oh omicron i can't do it uh so so it's like to me it's like if they want to get out of anything now they don't have to give it you know they don't have to give actual like reasons they can just cite covid as the reason we're going to talk about that later when we talk about the award shows and stuff because that's another one that's using that as an excuse It's, it's interesting because it makes it so you know if the film doesn't perform as well as maybe projected to um producers or whatever yeah. uh whoever invested in them it can be like but covid like yep. who even knows what happens but on the other hand like we've had covid for almost two years yep. um i know that we have a new variant out but to a certain extent like what's the new one there's are a new you one adapting or no there's a, there's a new there's a new one now it's like well, they had the original, then they the, what they call Alpha, then they had Delta, then for a Deltacron minute, or something. Then, yeah, then for a minute they had the Lambda variant, and that sort of died away. That one was kind of like the the redheaded we're real stepchild. Scared about it, and then we're like, just kidding. That I, one's like the redheaded stepchild of variants. But Nobody I wonder really if it'll come back. One. Yeah, and so? then there's been a crossover between, I guess, Omicron and the flu. Somebody needs to make like a like a show about this about these guys, the variants. Well, mm-hmm. one of my favorite board games of all times is Pandemic. Okay. I feel like we there just could make think, think an official COVID pandemic. Oh, we should play. Because I think we I got Yeah, it. we have it downstairs. Um, you know that two shelves nearby the TV? All the board games are there. Oh. Um, they're all organized by size. We should have a board game night. Mm-hmm. My, I love playing COVID with my older brother, who was um, an intelligence officer in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. because he gets very like, okay, we got to do this, and da, 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 strategic. And this whole pandemic has been fascinating because... He is extremely logical, and also the the way COVID information is presented is so illogical. I almost feel bad for these producers who are trying to get this movie out because they're like, look. The longer it it sits on the shelf, the worse it does. Right. It could come, but it may not, but we're not sure. And COVID could affect anyone along the line. Um, Any new uh, Kanye West is is launching a uh, collection. He does. He has a creative... Uh, collection with Gap mm-hmm. and they are collaborating with Balenciaga and reading the Who press he's room, dressing Julia Fox in mm-hmm. it's and he used to dress Kim K in I but know. anyways uh, I just covered this for the site like 
they put out this statement and anyone that covered it was like, it's supposed to come in June 2022, mm-hmm. barring any issues because of COVID. Like everything is default COVID. But then you could like, say you just have issues with the production and, and the designs don't come the way COVID. you want. COVID. Uh, say that somebody is asking to be paid more and you just want to wait them out so that they can't uh, renegotiate a contract. COVID. Everything can be COVID now. It's, right. it's literally, it's the it's the dog ate my homework of uh, when nobody buys it, but, right. uh, but you can't technically prove that it's not true. I don't care if Batman is delayed. I mean, I'm, I think it, I, like I think I said to you a second ago, like I, I used to think Batman was one of my favorite superheroes. I love Dark Knight. Mm. I don't really know that much about Robert Pattinson, but I wonder, I would love to see a study on how this inevitability of things not being certain that we now live in, how much it affects people's interest in movies. Like, do you need to warn us that it may not come out because of COVID? Or do we kind of already know and don't care? Like, this Mm -hmm. is the reality we live in. It's become like a monopoly because the only movies that do well are ones with so much cultural relevance. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we, like the spider, like the Spider-Man didn't freaking suffer for Mm -hmm. this spider. If anything, Spider-Man, uh, succeeded because literally nothing else came out for the the last. (coughs) Are you okay? No. So we take a medical emergency. Medical emergency. <laughs> she's I'm okay. A, she's all right. I'm okay. Water so, went down the wrong pipe because I'm like trying to answer <laughs> and like drink water at the same time. Uh, yeah, this is how I die. This is the episode I actually die in. So like the West Side Story was always going to fail. Uh, I don't care what they say. West Side Story was always going to fail. No. Uh, the 355, I was actually fairly excited for it at the beginning, and then they changed the marketing and made it weirdly fem... Well, not weirdly. Predictably overtly. feminist. Uh, overtly feminist. And then they're like, why did these not live up to expectations? Oh, Omicron. No. No. You just didn't make a movie worth seeing yeah. so the only ones that will get people out into the theaters because there are people that are still worried about it but not so worried that they won't go see the new Spider-Man or the new Batman movie mm-hmm. but they're not going to go see you know Joe Schmo uh, if, B movie yeah you're right if you're legitimately worried about COVID for whatever reason you and you don't feel like the precautions of a vaccine and the mask are enough and social distancing like mm-hmm. it I assume it has to be a really a movie you just can't resist. Yeah, you literally that's exactly. I understood like Spider Man did really well. I think that hit you right. There's not really anything else that I I remember. I went to see it and I was like I I wouldn't go see anything else. I'm not a huge moviegoer anyways. But um, the other one that I thought and you may know more about this me the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, that did that that did well for its budget. And that one came out around Thanksgiving. Spider Man came out around. December when it's getting colder you're maybe visiting people like you need something that'll hit across a bunch of age groups like I could come up with a million reasons why that did well and I feel like is we have to ask ourselves is it laziness to say you know your movie might not come out on time I don't care if your movie doesn't come out on time Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't perform well don't just blame COVID anymore like reevaluate what content you're putting out but they 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 love they, the, they love the built-in excuse mm-hmm. the built-in yeah. excuse for it. The worst part is is I, first of all I don't think this movie will de- be delayed. I think the 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 fear that's going on right now is also a lot connected to like winter and people are just in general sicker and yeah. that that feeds the anxiety. Um, Morbius got delayed because uh, some people say pandemic. I say it's because they're restructuring the movie to to move everything into the Sony mm. uh, into Sony's timeline so that they don't have to share with Marvel anymore. Um, but in general, it says, uh, well, the film's, uh, let's see, it's, it's, uh, 
Jason Kalar's comments to Puck are sure to relieve the countless comic book fans out there who are eager to, eager to see Matt Reeves' take on Gotham City and the Batman. While it's no guarantee that the situation won't change in the future, it certainly sounds like the powers that be at Warner Brothers, see, they call it Warner Brothers too, mm-hmm. uh, want to see the movie <coughs> hit theaters sooner, sooner rather than later. Like I said, every day that that film sits on the shelf done, uh, it loses money. Cost them, yeah. It costs them more because they have to remarket, they have to re-advertise, they have to, uh, all the promotion has to go by, they have to send the actors back out to do press junkets again. Mm-hmm. Like every moment that thing sits on the on the shelf, it, uh, Black Widow lost a ton of money because really? it's sad, it was, it literally was like the first movie to get delayed because of the pandemic in its initial form. Like mm-hmm. we're talking like March of uh, 2020 yeah mm-hmm. like right when it was getting uh, more serious as far as like government involvement and stuff do you think that it's like worth these movie production teams and companies rethinking their traditional model like do you think that they are an industry that isn't adapting to the reality that uh, COVID presents a level of uncertainty the streaming side of it has adapted meaning that stuff that's coming out streaming uh, smaller budgets uh, hopefully better written stories though that's very rarely ever mm-hmm. the case I find yeah. uh, a theater debut is important to certain metrics right they measure like oh opening weekend it made this much yes it's also and it's advertising and for some um, like award shows I know we'll probably talk about more of this later but you need to have a theater debut to qualify, right? I don't know about that, but it, somebody would have I to check in on that. That's, there was that's like possibly Netflix made uh, a Cohen's brother like Western. It was actually like a series of short films. But I think they've changed that since you somebody would have miracle. It. If if mm-hmm. you could, like, uh, could you see if uh, if theaters if a movie needs a theater release to be uh, to be eligible for award shows at least for the Oscars? Um, I, mean, I don't think so because you remember when Disney um, released a lot of their movies through like VHSs, like. Yeah but, those weren't, um, yeah, but those weren't nominated weren't for nominated. awards. Okay, um, um, we'd so have the to know question, if they were, can you rephrase it? So if, if a, does a movie have to have a theater release to be, uh, to be eligible for Oscar consideration? Because they submit their movies for Oscar contention, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I don't know if it needs a theater release. I know that they release them in theaters around the same time every year, all of the Oscar bait movies, mm-hmm. um, like West Side Story. Um, or the the recent one from Will Smith, the the one about um, the Serena about the oh uh, King something yeah uh, King Richard King Richard uh, yeah so like all those movies tend to come out at the same time every year but it says right here it says uh, uh, while major blockbusters and superhero flicks have continued to take a halt at the box office other projects like West Side Story and the Three Five Five failed to live up to their money making potential there was no money making potential in the Three Five Five not with the way it was marketed uh, it it just looks uh, Hollywood um, astroturfed up there like Mm -hmm. 40 year old women as spies works uh, I guess but in general like I I think what they underestimate and we're going to talk about this later in the Sandra Book thing is like they they make these movies and then they say to men it's not for you when they're like this is kind of ridiculous it doesn't Mm -hmm. really make sense but then they don't realize that women don't necessarily need to go see other women play spy movies they like they like good looking men in spy movies well and also like spy movies are similar to a lot of the superhero movies in that they're sort of action based there's a lot of like combat things like that which I'm not against but like if um, a superhero movie which has those things it's just not technically about spies is doing well why would you release another thing that's that audience has already taken? Yep. It makes sense to me to be like, okay, well, who isn't getting a movie? Maybe we need a romantic comedy. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, uh, and those are problematic nowadays. Produce, I don't care if they're problematic. They'll probably make you money. I mean, if you're producing, I know spy and, and superhero are different. I'm not trying to step on anyone's thing, but like, 
again, if you look at the way they're produced, they probably use a lot. Have, they're heavily stunted. They have lots of explosions. There's an equipment. There's a technology. Cost a lot of money to make. They're high, yeah, which is fine. But just like the someone who's drawn to that kind of movie is already being satisfied by technically, you know, I would say a better product in Spider-Man or in yep. you know whatever. Plus, mm-hmm. people see through the narr- They see through the 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 astroturfing, which which I'm saying is that people watch these movies and they watch the the five foot one chick beat up uh, a, a six foot two Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. and they're like like no like, talk about unrealistic body expectations. That's that's the funny. Well, remember, unrealistic body expectations only applies to women. Only women are allowed to complain about that. Men, there there are no fat uh, fat pos- There are no uh, body positive male models. Only Rihanna by- just released a men's line of underwear. And she uses like that a range of awesome. male men. It's interesting how often that I guess dad bod is like a thing. Mm-hmm. Like that, that. So I mean, I correct myself on there. But in general, but we don't talk about it the same way. Yes, you don't talk about it the same way. And in these, my, like my favorite, it's always that uh, they're like, look at how they sexualize the women in these in these in these superhero movies. I'm like, the men are shirtless like the whole time. Oh, see, what bothers me more is like. Look at how they sexualize the women, but let's not talk about how they make men look like incompetent, you know, yeah. backwards, can't survive without women. Like, mm-hmm. it's a bad depiction on both of them. You're just insulting, you're, you're valuing women for their bodies and you're the men telling are always, men that they are useless, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's one of those and things where- no one is happy. And no one's happy because no one likes to see um, useless and effeminate men mm-hmm. and nobody wants to see women that are being covered up like they're part of- uh, uh, Like they have something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Like, I was, I, we almost covered it one day that the, the actress who plays um, um, from The Flash, uh, the actress who plays uh, Barry's, uh, Iris West, mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't let her show her belly button uh, like her belly on the show. I'm like, what is this? The 1950s? Mm-hmm. She's like a grown woman adult in like a in a movie in like a show about like really. It's the CW. They're all really attractive. That's literally the purpose of that yeah. network. Yes. Um. So I think it's like they're literally becoming. It's it's the it's a new age of like puritan puritanism, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, the women have to be covered up because not because they believe in morals, but because they don't want men to be happy. Because mm-hmm. that's the reason they do it. Yeah. They don't totally do it to. They don't do it because they believe in the morality of the woman being covered up they do it because they want to make men unhappy yeah it's it's you know i actually am for like if you want to just modestly like have an excellent time do whatever you need to if you don't like that's fine but it's why they do it being like no we have to cover her up because the male otherwise we're you know overly we're sexualizing her and we're doing this for men but then the opposite like being like no she's empowered let her be naked like no that's not empowering like your motivation is important when you make decisions. Yep. This has nothing to do with Batman. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just saying, all of this clothes, is, uh, yes. Uh, well, I'm sure he'll, uh, uh, I'm sure they'll, we'll see plenty of him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To answer your question earlier, um, do movies really need to be non, uh, non, uh, win a reward? Okay. What, what is happening? Win a reward if they have a public release? No, they don't have to. So, okay. but from the, quota, but they said those movies have been completed even though they have not been released to, general public producers hope to qualify for a nomination so they make a film available to people who are nominating um, yeah the, the, the academy committee. yeah the academy okay so maybe so it doesn't need a theater release nope to be maybe they the just advertise to the people who are a part yeah. of the, i felt like at one mm-hmm. point that was one of the controversies that netflix had when yeah. they wanted consideration they for wanted the irishman content. to get they wanted the Irishman to get some type of nomination for an award in, in the Academy. So it's not like it's a rule. It's just the mm-hmm. Academy has their own... Has their ability to decide. Their, yeah, and, and so they would guess they would go against it. So. Yeah, so I made sure to fact, my, um, fact check myself. Yep. And yeah, they're saying all the same thing. They don't really need to be public. 
So the Batman uh, is still scheduled for March 4th of 2022, and my hope is that we do not see that one uh, move out of the way because uh, that is one of the few that I'm, uh, of the superhero genre, most of the movies I'm looking forward to this year aren't superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, we will see how that goes. Ooh. Any, did did you... Would you be interested in seeing any of the Oscar movies that have g- been made? Like, uh, did you watch? Did you see King Richard? Because I think that got a digital release. Um, I think the I Venus passed. In, that's the Venus and Serena one, right? The biopic, yeah. Yes. I think I passed by it watching the trailers for it. Um, I would watch it because I really find Serena. Yeah, you're a tennis. Venus. You're a tennis fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel bad because the number one tennis player for males, he can't go to Australia. Because um, COVID, um, because he doesn't have his passport, and they're like, "We're not allowing you into Australia to play in the open." If you'd like to read about this, I'm going to direct you to my coverage of it mm-hmm. on TimCast.com. Yep, perfect. That was that was beautiful. Um, speaking of, uh, y- you called it a biopic. Uh, Is that not the word? I, I call it a biopic. Um, the, oh. I call. It, I like her words. Uh, biopic sounds very like myopic. I can't think of like which one I've heard because I've heard it said both ways. Yeah. But I am I wrong? No, I, I don't. It's probably both. My dad has. Uh, well, it's very like Americanized now, but he's British. So sometimes I grew up mis not mispronouncing words. I would say them like mm-hmm. with an American accent, but like the way British. My dad said them. Sebastian, like instead of Sebastian. Yeah, there's a couple different ones. Um, but I now never know if I'm pronouncing things correctly. Uh, but we've got we've got a biopic or a biopic here. Uh, and that's called, uh, what's the movie called? Uh, Super Pumped, which is yeah. like, uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw this was The Social Network. Um, uh, we talked about Michael Sarah mm-hmm. yesterday. Um and uh, I found that these types of movies seem to be getting uh, a lot of play right now. You know, biopics and things related to this. Uh, remember, Wolf of Wall Street did really good. As culture shifts and as technology shifts, as your interests shift as a as a culture as a whole, the things you want to see highlighted in uh, in movies probably do as well. When it comes to true stories, like nobody cares about how uh, uh, the dude who's running BP got to be the b- head of the board of BP because oil well, we is kind of do uh, see. I would argue these are the kind of movies that I love to see. Mm-hmm. Um, movies that are about real life occurrences, but they're interesting. Uh, hopefully, I mean, you can get some that are just like, oh, this is loosely based on something happened, something that might actually be And they're all loosely. True. They're very all. Yeah, they're they, all take, very they take artistic and creative liberty. Ford versus Ferrari. But I think there is a desire, especially with the advent of social media, to understand more about companies, especially ones that we brands and companies that we see publicly and maybe interact with. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, I think of the way that Elon Musk is become oh, sort of yeah. a cultural icon. Who, who's going to play him in a movie? Well, and like he is Tesla's best marketing tool, you yep. know? Uh, I would love to see stories about Tesla. I mean, I think of um, the ones about Facebook or one of my favorite movies of all time is Moneyball, which yes. I don't know a ton about sports. But I'm sabermetrics are the interesting. the various mm-hmm. men I have dated and I've pretended, but like I think that that whole prospect of using um sabermetrics sabermetrics to evaluate players is phenomenal it is fascinating and that movie was great the other one like the big short was incredibly popular i don't know that people would spend time researching the housing crash but having the entryway of a movie that makes it seem interesting yeah is 
a really fantastic way for people to develop interest. Um, and, so, and the other thing about this is this is about Uber, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This this movie it's starring the the article is about Joseph Gordon Levitt is the bad boy of tech uh, in a new in a new show called Super Pump. So it's going to be a a long form show from Showtime. Showtime is doing really really well right now. Uh, Did they make Pillbillies or is that Hulu? That was Hulu. Or not Pillbillies. Um, are you, it called? are you talking about the one about the about the opioid? Yeah, the opioid. That was that was Hulu. Okay. Um, that was uh, um, I forgot what the name. Was. The one with Kevin Costner and mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It, that was. Hillbillies is the term of the executive. Hillbilly heroin. No. Yep. It has one word. Uh, one word name. No. No, I'm saying hillbilly heroin. Yeah. That's a, that's a They've term had a for, lot of really derogatory language for like, the opioid him, for the opioid epidemic. So, uh, it says Joseph Gordon-Levitt stars in the Showtime series Super Pumped. I th- I thought super bad when I first read this. So yeah. I kind of got a goofy. It says which tells the the rise of Uber uh, to success. The tech world is getting their moment in the spotlight. On Monday, January 10th, Showtime released the first teaser for the series Super Pumped: The Battle for Uber. I almost feel like it doesn't need the battle for Uber in there. Yeah. They should just called it Uber. I also don't understand where the term Super Pumped came from when I'm, you gave me the list of topics and it said super pumped i was like i don't like because they're pumping super bad movies they're pumping gas and electricity I'm, to the car she's making that up that's your guess she's, she's yeah that's my yesterday guess. she threw a guess on like what demi lovato's <laughs> tattoo was and then when she but she, she said it as if she it presents was, with confidence she, pre- exactly. she, she said it as 100 as if she did all the research and that it was true and then when we get down there and she finds out she's right she goes oh i was right good i love it i'm gonna say it's because they what's my guess um, oh, the gas one is so good. Okay, <coughs> let's see if they. Okay, well, I don't um, know if they, they tell the you. show is titled Super Pump after the best-selling nonfiction the book, book. Yep, right. The wow. Same name Why was the from book? New York Times. Um, Why was the book called that? Ooh, I don't know. Down the rabbit hole we go. So it says We're the trailer shows it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as. Uh, um, so it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Uma Thurman, Kyle Chandler. So Uma Thurman's awesome. Kyle Chandler's awesome too. Mm-hmm. If anybody here likes Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Lights was a fantastic Joseph show. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, also Five Hundred Days of Summer, Five Hundred mm-hmm. Days of Summer, also uh, The Walk. I'm like the only person who liked The Walk about the guy who walked the wire between the two, but between the Ooh. World Trade Center. He also did that mm-hmm. one where he had to like saw off his arm, right? Yep. Uh, and then he also did. Um, he was in Inception. He was in. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's, he's a, doing he, great. He works with Nolan a lot, um, but he's very, very good. Nolan, um, like you know. And, and he played. Uh, and he played Edward Snowden in the mm-hmm. in the Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. I think it was Ridley Scott who made that one. Uh, but he he played Edward Snowden in that one. And the, the makeup they did that was, was incredible because he actually did kind of look like him by the mm-hmm. time they, the trailer came. Also, out. Also, another movie in this category mm-hmm. about something that really happened, but is dramatized for mm-hmm. public consumption. I think that probably. Yeah. You know. It's funny because you mentioned Musk. I'm like, whoever plays him is not going to be as charismatic as it's going to be. It's not going. They're not going to be actually. He's actually going to be hard to adapt because he's. They'll have to be so, so over the because he's already so over the top in the in but a very. He's, he's not. He's over the top in his lifestyle, but like in his presentation, he's pretty muted. But that's a very difficult tone to capture. So, mm-hmm. I don't know who the hell could do that. Comb South Africa for their best actors. You'll right have now. to. You'll have to find the other part is the the South African accent, which is amazing. Is I assume pretty difficult to imitate. In Are fact, you sure? Because Trevor Noah does it. Like he's from South Africa. Yeah, but I just hate him as a person. But his early comedy skits were kind of good. <sighs> so, so yeah, it's not him mm-hmm. mimicking it if he actually has the accent. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was about to say, well, like if you want to hire him and do like a different race swap, like that one movie we were talking about. So progressive. Yeah. Very Oscar. progressive. So yep. Uh, oh yeah, like Anne Boleyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So it says it says it's about the rise of Uber and its found, and how its founder, the CEO Travis Kalanick, uh, was 
knocked from the top. So it's like a he got coo- the, he got pushed out of mm-hmm. the boardroom. Mm-hmm. It says the trailer shows Gordon Levitt as Kalanick, uh, who promises employees, contrary to to what you might have read, I'm no monster. Mm-hmm. Like you can already tell that he's going to be able to chew the scenery while doing this. Uh, then there's Uma Thurman, who play who portrays Huffington Post co-founder Ariana Huffington. That's very interesting. Uh, it's Huffington who dubs Kalanick the notorious bad boy of tech. But it's ba- it quickly becomes clear that having a reputation as a bad boy does not bode well for the growing for growing a business. As Chandler's character Bill Gurley puts it, the best thing about Travis is he's willing to run through walls to win. The worst thing about him is he thinks everything is a wall. Oof. Uh, so following the release of the intense trailer, uh, and then it says the series is based on Mike Isaac's 2019 book of the same title, which documented Uber's journey from startup to a multi-billion-dollar company. Uh, and that's set for that's pretty. Su- cl- uh, it's coming up pretty soon to February 27th. Um, the one thing about it is from what the research I did first of all Showtime has really good re- uh, a really good track record with stuff like this uh, Dexter um, is from Showtime and Dexter New Blood which I've been watching right now yeah. is not the best thing I've ever seen but definitely better than how the show ended uh, it's the creator it's the network that released Ray Donovan which I have a, a real soft spot for Leif Schreiber um, the, it's very it's one of those few shows most of the shows I like have a, a decent amount of uh, it's mostly drama but there's comedy mixed in mm-hmm. there's absolutely no comedy in Ray Donovan it's one of the most depressing shows you'll ever, if you ever saw The Americans uh, the one about the I know two, people who are addicted to The Americans yeah it's it's about the two Russian sleeper uh, sleeper agents, agents who, living in America no, like it's like it's the most Russian thing you've ever seen even though it takes place in America it's dreary it's blue it's mm-hmm. depressing but one thing that's big right now is shows like Billions in Succession are very very popular and those are all kind of boardroom related dramas. Now those are fictional, uh, but they're over dramatizations of what it's like to work for a gazillion dollar company right. uh, and the backstabbing and the betrayal and all things that come with it. This seems like it's more focused on one character, right. yeah. but in general, uh, I think that there's a lot of room for something like this, having a good following with shows like Succession's really popular. Yeah. Like that was one of those shows where I keep getting recommended to it. Oh, it's also the network that does Yellow Jackets, which people are loving right now about mm-hmm. the cannibalistic uh, women's soccer team. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, as far as like networks with track records go for streaming shows I, I would say that they're up there mm-hmm. so there's a cause for uh, a certain amount of positivity plus uh, I, I tend to find that with less famous people they tend to do a lot less like cultural shift meaning that they're not going to change characters uh, immutable characteristics they're not going to make character like they're not going to change inherent facts about a person to fit a, a current age narrative hmm. because it's uh, because it's socially beneficial for them or well, ideologically beneficial for them because they're the accuracy of the story no they, they'll do that all the time really? in things, but only on properties that they feel will net them the most gain, mm-hmm. right? They aren't, they're not looking to make minor impact. They're looking to make changes at a major level. So you make, and you, you mm-hmm. retell the story of Anne Boleyn, but you change the race of, a, of an actual right, person, right. which makes no sense. And yeah. it's not like this wasn't done in the past going the other way too. It's always been something ideologically that's, that we've done as a society, which we should strive to get away from and yeah. strive for as much accuracy as possible when it comes to telling these stories you have to over dramatize some of it like the, it's really funny watching the things about how, how they made the social network like how do you make a bunch of 
a den of nerds making a, a an app how do you make that interesting and it's like him breaking computers mm-hmm. like that's the only way you can really make nerds interesting yeah but when it resolves or revolves around billions of dollars obviously there's more room here for for stuff like that yeah i think as a society right now um without getting too like newsy about it but l- there is a desire to evaluate power and how people achieve it and how they lose it i think given how much uh, federal authority has come into play over the past two years, as well as the rights of major corporations. um, I think even if we don't talk about it, I think we are all curious about the rise and fall of those who are able to cultivate, hold, and then Mm -hmm. potentially be destroyed by things that they create especially powerful things. So I've been watching uh, Dexter New Blood, which me and her are going to review later on, but there's this one character who's like a billionaire oil tycoon. And of course they've got the, the climate change people who are protesting him, which what I've realized is I don't, I don't hate this stuff in movies. I hate the buzzwords. Mm. Like if it was just, Oh, these climate change activists are out to get me. That's stupid sounding to me. But if they said, Oh, these eco hippies are out to get me somehow it's less offensive to both sides. You know, he comes off like a douche, like they want him to. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't insert the buzzwords, which annoys people like me Mm -hmm. Uh, in the past. They were vague with how they described uh, these types of causes in the movie, like the earth liberation front. We we're here for the, you know, and it's with anything. It's like, instead of, calling everything by a buzzword generalize the terms more and you bring more people in right Mm -hmm. so uh if they can stay away from that type of thing in this stay away from buzzword lingo which wasn't being used in 20 whatever year this was uh, (laughs) that's the problem right like you can't make a biopic about something what was it we were watching the other day and i complained about oh no when we saw the king's man like the lady talks about her family in in like the it was world war one so what year was world war world war one uh, 1960 um, 60 no, no. no, no, no I'm thinking <laughs> like too. 1914 or something like yeah, that 14. is that, I, I don't I know what, about, right, about right but she talks about her family having privilege mm-hmm. and I'm like I, it immediately took me out of it like you don't have to phrase it that way it says our family's been blessed to be our family has been fortunate to have the things we have that's all you have to say but the minute you start using those buzzwords that make it sound like you're on the cover of a Daily Beast article, you're going to pull people out of whatever story you're trying to tell and into mm-hmm. modern day. I actually think it shows a lack of research and mm-hmm. um, sort of creativity. on, on Lack of creativity, of for sure. I, th- I mean, I don't doubt that someone during that time period was talking about disparities in wealth or social status or power but they're talking like they're living in 2021 you need to go back and read the language and see which subtle ways it was more accurate i also think it's important to study language just generally because Mm -hmm. where we the origins of a term and where it ends up can be completely different and can be telling to what sort of structure led it there uh with this movie i'm curious to see sort of how did um, they did they talk how did they interview Travis Kalanick and get right. uh, get influ, you know in like insight into his speech patterns yeah. and like how he talks like right. if you're going to do a thing about Elon Musk he talks in a very specific way right mm-hmm. so you have to be able to 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 re you know re uh, re recreate that on right. screen so you can't just talk like you're reading an article uh, or a and listicle yep. there is a fair amount of testimony that's gone on uh, surrounding uber from what i understand i mean they did face from what i know a pretty serious um sexual harassment lawsuit from a couple i think female programmers at uber okay. i mean their culture has been well documented by progressive journalists i would say it's like the it's like um, Bl- activision blizzard in the video game industry yeah, right, right? But it makes me wonder what is going to come up in this crazy rise to power and also you know 
there was um i cannot remember his name but there's a playwright who adapted the grand jury testimony from uh ferguson missouri the, wow. the police yeah. shooting there okay. and just staged it as a play and you know he had to take it was you know interesting because he had to take some um not i won't say liberties but you have to, you can't stage an entire trial so you decide what was going in but the language was specifically from the grand jury testimony and i would be curious to see what sort of public statements or specific quotes from not just the ceo but other representative mm-hmm. uber make it into this movie again mm-hmm. that blurring of uh reality versus the dramatization yep. like these things really occurred is in some ways is the reality of what's going on with the Silicon Valley company that blew up more do you even need to embellish it I'm sure yep. you need to stage it and make the lights pretty and whatever else you do for movies but what did he actually say like is his are his own words enough choosing what stories to tell in his life is what creates the drama right yeah. so he could have a thousand interesting stories but it's choosing what five to seven end up in the st- in the movie right. that shape the narrative around the film um, because it can't be book it can't be the book word for word uh, yeah. otherwise it doesn't it doesn't work one of the hardest things people don't realize is that y- w- adapting anything to screen is one of the hardest things in the world mm-hmm. that's why movies have such a hard time you know when you look at these things almost everything's adapted from a book now mm-hmm. yeah. but they very rarely capture the magic uh, of what they just because they're different mediums mm-hmm. uh, they're not meant to be read and experienced experience the same way so like when a character like this who's a real person or ariana huffington who's arguably more famous Mm -hmm. like that was the only name i recognized Mm -hmm. was ariana huffington uh they're going to have their own way of talking in the real world that will then be filtered through a writer or and then through a director who will choose uh, the writer will choose the words the director will give the actor uh you know instruction on how to say them so that's already filtered through three more people before it ever gets to screen mm-hmm. and you've lost the authenticity a lot of times of what that you know what that real life person was mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how they pull if they manage to pull it off Kyle Chandler's a really good actor um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a very good actor so and I think I also yeah so so it's got Ian Alda very good um a couple of these others I don't know. It's got Rob Moreau. Rob Moreau's a very good actor. So there's a lot of names attached to this that I would be willing to to sit through to watch. And as a show, not a movie, a, a, you know, a limited series, it's got more time to tell the story. So I'd say more, the, the bigger worry would probably be whether it ends up being dragging on because th- then you ask the question how interesting is the life of uh, a dude running a company so right and are we tracking uber from its origins yep. in whoever's dorm room or wherever they exactly started? or are we following sort of like a six-month period of him you know towards the end of a cycle with flashbacks to the beginning like yep. there are a lot of really interesting ways to do things it's the kind of thing i would definitely give a shot um but again like i said at the very start of this i love things I'm drawn to things that are based in reality and especially yeah. walking away a better understanding of something that really is impacting all of us. I mean, Uber gave way to the ride sharing. I would think of it as what gave way to a lot of ride sharing companies, Lyft. Imagine know, all the cab was. driver, cab companies w- hate watching this. Like, fuck this yeah. guy. Well, and are they going to talk about all of the workers' rights stuff that Uber, as a company, just by existing, has made us talk about? Are you they going to talk about... the gig economy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. It's deeply fascinating to me. Also, their expansion, you know, they aren't just a ride app anymore. They also have Uber Eats. They also mm-hmm. have yeah. all kinds of things that changed the way, and especially during the pandemic, became uh, some people's 
you know, go-to way to get food delivered to their house. Do we get to blame this guy for like the $47 surcharge that ends up on every Uber Eats order that makes your order cost $65? Yeah, I never (laughs) order Uber Eats because of that reason. Like, just knowing that I have to pay extra, absolutely not. I'd rather just order from a small business that had a delivery company. The, Mm -hmm. the, uh, it's always like, it's, it's like, have you ever seen that meme of like, it's like, when you go to the two for six ninety nine Domino's deal, and it's like six ninety nine, six ninety nine total, thirty two dollars and fifty nine cents, and the guy's just like, I like the ones that are like girls being like, I just Uber ordered myself a ten dollar Starbucks drink for an extra twenty dollars because <laughs> self care. <laughs> exactly, it's like you get you need to do? going out and and going to get your to get your. Uh, I could have walked, but instead, no. No nope. self care. Self care is just another word for like I'm taking a sick day. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. What you need to do. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Uh, does do, I don't know if you like Uber? Does that inter- does a movie like that interest you at all? A movie about this guy? Well. um if you guys are familiar with Tim Cast IRL, uh, we did have the guy who created Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe, and I, I kind of mm-hmm. and I kind of like the concept of seeing like things behind the scene and how it started. Like I got really into like how things are made, so um, I found out like how ramen was originally uh, a concept from China, but then they brought it to japan and the only reason why it's called ramen to this day because in the japanese language they don't have the letter l so they mix up their r's and l's a lot so and because it came from the chinese word ramen and like Mm. instead of pronouncing it as la they pronounce it ra and if you want to get the original recipe of the original chinese ramen there is a place in like southern japan where it's like basically they call it Chinese ramen and you can find it to this day. Is it true that mm-hmm. uh, the Chinese invented pasta? Yeah. It is? Yeah. I okay. had a kid's book. Do you guys know who Richard Scarry is? Mm-hmm. He did like this animated children's series where like it's like he, he's creator of Busy Town and like they're animals who like they're the baker and they do whatever. But he did one about like the origin of pasta. I have it as like I can visualize it as like an animated movie and it's like the funniest thing I'll send you a clip to it but mm-hmm. um, that was like rice was supposed to be as they were like chopping it yeah. and instead they just let it go too long and that made noodles I have no idea if that's brilliant real. I have no idea yeah, if that's real I think I would watch it maybe if it's not boring because I did watch a little bit how Facebook was invented yeah did you see the social network the movie yeah that's like like you said it's that was an Andrew Garfield movie mm-hmm. right he was, yeah. he was in that movie that's like one of those things like how do you make a bunch of tech nerds in a creating boardrooms like now a movie about zuckerberg would be fascinating because you could just turn him into an evil robot and it would be pretty accurate but you know the origins of it are much more humble uh so you have to be more, it has to be more character driven well, and i think also they relied on like the eliteness of getting into an ivy league college like harvard and stories where people can't where the average person can't get it to. gave you this behind the scenes look and what are they like there the average so, person never is never going to work at a big tech startup right so yeah. it, that's fascinating and yeah. that's in very culturally relevant to the world we live in now mm-hmm. yeah i don't know uh i, I think you might like it Mary. like you, i do uh, I, I like I weird quirky things like you can tell from my background like i like weird quirky things sometimes her brain is mm-hmm. uh, a very very busy place as i like to say yeah well we we, we did that mm-hmm. now we're, we're gonna get through the the much uh i almost i almost skipped this topic today I, I don't want this to be about uh, uh about identity politics but it does fall well, into it it's about Sandra bullock i don't know i just I'm kind of tired of Sandra Bullock as a person and 
Nobody and that's you got miracle shirt. I'm tired of Sandra Bullock as a person. <laughs> yeah, she's so just exhausting me. There, yeah, there's exactly. some there's some interesting stuff in this because th- there's parts about this that I think are absolutely accurate uh, in relation to Hollywood. Uh, I, I think that the implication from a lot of people is to is to scoff at stuff like this, mm-hmm. especially from such successful people. But it says Sandra Bullock says uh, if it wasn't for Netflix, she'd be out uh, out in the cow pasture. It's exactly. true. Uh, Sandra Bullock credits her Netflix success to keeping her career thriving. The actress recently launched The Unforgettable, the streaming platform uh, on the streaming platform to huge success, catapulting the drama to among the top ten most watched on the platform. What else is higher up on that ranking list? Her mega popular 2018 thriller Bird Box. Bird Box was just like. Did either of you see? Um, I watched the whole thing. Know. And but the you, quiet pa- um, you place. saw a quiet place. It's just mm-hmm. a quiet place, but for eyes. Yeah, yeah. that's what I. Because I liked Quiet Place because I like John Krasinski. Well, and, like, who doesn't like hus- that? and mm-hmm. husband wife teams? Like that was cool. But like mm-hmm. Bird Box, all I remember is like the thing, and she'd be like walking like this. Like I never she, saw it. you remember the Bird Box challenge on YouTube and TikTok? I no. do. Yep. It's so dumb. So they're like, okay, Bird Box challenge. Let's see if we can turn on the stove and like, oh, with their like eyes cl- or like with yeah, something. like they got blindfolded and they were like guess what food this is and viral like, marketing mm-hmm. and this one person who did it um i think dietrich did it he's an old um like old original youtube but he tried to do it and he got banned because they were saying dude this is dangerous and you're advertising this yep. to kids don't do this anymore and he was like i'm doing a challenge that's popular on youtube i'm doing something other people are doing mm-hmm. right yeah i i find uh i don't know where I'm going with this, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't like like if if you're already doing something if if uh, the whatever. Well, let mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock have her day. Well, also there was another Netflix movie um, that basically they said it was similar to The Quiet Place. It wasn't Bird Box. It's with the actress who played as Sabrina in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is called Quiet. Like everybody wasn't talking. The only weapons they were allowed to use anything that's stealth like, and like there was a there was a cult there was a cult a part of it and they're called like um i forgot what the cults are but basically all the members they cut off their tongues because they didn't want to make so it they can be quiet yeah so they can be quiet apparently as soon as uh, something like a quiet place finds success you'll get the 30 knockoffs mm-hmm. uh, okay the thing about a quiet place was i was interested i went to see it because i was interested in like john krasinski and the backstory and mm-hmm. like him and emily blunt and, like whatever i liked it that was good enough uh i never saw bird box but I did see a thousand memes of Bird Box. Yes. Yep. And that was really all I knew about the movie. And I felt like that was all I needed to know. Well, okay. So Bird Box, a summary of it. You don't know what the monster is. They have theories who it is. You can watch it on Film Theory. Where he says it might be Cthulhu's, like, one one of his minions. But basically, it's like the whole society is, like, being haunted by, like, these monsters that they can't see. But if they do see them... Like, basically, it turns you insane, and, like, you turn suicidal. Mm. And they're trying to avoid it, and she was in a group that was stuck in the house together, but then slowly they all got killed off, and, like, her... And there's, like, some people who actually um, actually can see these monsters, and they don't commit suicide, but they try to get other people to see them because they're like, you need to be awakened. So um, she had a partner. His name is Tom, and... And basically, like, they were trying to survive, and these, like, cultists, like, tried to get them, and they killed him off, and there was, like, two kids that were there with them, 
and she was too lazy to name the kids so she named the boy and girl and then at the end she finally na- gave them a name because they went to a sanctuary where it was a bunch of blind people hmm. and like the demons that couldn't get you, in there is it fahrenheit 451 mm-hmm. that at the end of the book he like they go into the woods and he's like we have to have names now so mm-hmm. it's kind of like that concept in the uh in the Dystopian movie stuff in mm-hmm. tenet the care the uh, joel david washington's john david washington joel i was thinking of joel david moore uh john david washington's name in the movie is literally protagonist <laughs> very good i think that's great that's great well so, so here let's, let's just go on so it says uh, they're good to artists she's talking about netflix here mm-hmm. it says uh she, she's told about the outlet uh it is responsible for many of hollywood's careers at this point remember everyone was poo-pooing netflix 10 years ago as a place to make movies mm-hmm. it was just a place netflix to dump was like we're doing it anyway yeah and netflix is like we've got gazillions of dollars and they're still and they still operate at like a loss because of how much they create like so it says they're good to artists they're good to filmmakers if it wasn't for netflix a lot of people wouldn't be working uh the 57 year the 57 year old oscar winner said their stories wouldn't be told who would uh, who would think that me as a woman who is still would, would still be here working at this point i know i know i would have been out 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 in the cow pasture it's true the success of shows like squid games is one of the bigger ones she pointed out i've seen more work from other countries told by other nationalities and we never would have had that 10 years ago yes you would it just wouldn't be seen here also like are you saying yay for globalism? That's sound, I mean, that's, that's it is me essentially thinks. what they're saying. Yeah. I, they, those stories would still be told. They just wouldn't be seen here as readily here in America. Uh, they, you know, it, like the Japanese movies would be being seen at the Japanese box office. So she's and they right. might make it if they get here. I don't she, think it's she's a bad right point. about that. No. Uh, so uh, it brings people together in a way that it really it, it brings people together in a way that really, you know, we're getting more and more divided, and yet we have the streamers that are able to blend our stories together and go, look, same story, just different. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what all the American remakes are of all this? Yeah. So it says, in 2018, Bullock told USA Today that she almost quit acting because of sexism in Hollywood. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Yes. So annoying. I, and I, so, did she cite something specific, or yeah, well, was she just like? And I brought this up. I'm like two girls hosting with me today. I can talk about this did and you not be the, my gender. And uh, yes, I did. And I'm not the bad guy. Uh, we deleted a segment yesterday because I kept mis. I met. I kept mis. Uh, Gendering Demi. I Demi told him bit. to use Demi instead of trying. It's to, hard. I I tried. I I told him like you I don't. I can't just switch my speech pattern on command. Oh my god! Wait. But I told you if you didn't want to get in trouble about like calling them them that. Day you could have just said Demi. Nobody would have got mad at you. Wait, so what did Sandra Bullock cancel? So, so it says or? my career has been a, de- a domino effect of people who said I would like quote I would like this person to fill the role. The Ocean's Eight star said at the time, and not just in the industry, but people in my life. My mother raised me like quote You don't need to get married. You forge your own path. You make your own money and be your own person. She's literally done that her whole life. She, she's in. Her, I, I don't know what she's expecting. A lot of people are getting close to retirement at the age of fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you remember that article that I sent you? We didn't want to talk about it, but she was talking about, like, how she was so proud of adopting black kids from Africa, and she was, like, trying to make a whole big deal about it. Yeah. So she's a, she's in this... I, I wanted to bring... Because I, I do think there's an interesting discussion to be had here mm-hmm. about whether it's sexism or whether it's just... She's losing popularity. Nobody cares about old Sandra Bullock anymore. The, well, if the movie did well, if mm-hmm. Unforgivable did well, uh, it says later in her career, Bullock it, said she had a wake-up moment where I was like, what is this feeling? Why do I feel so uh, expletive? She, she added, quote, oh my God, I'm being treated this way because I have a vagina. Oof. Oof. That's uh, what, what's her face? 
Taylor Swift said the same thing when they made the Netflix documentary. She was like, oh my God, Hollywood is so sexist. And I'm like, bruh, there is the only reason why you're famous is because of these men that you claim are so sexist yeah, towards also, you. Also, like, she's famous because she is a woman. Like, mm-hmm. they're, They literally use it as part of their marketing exactly. tool. Exactly. The thing about Sandra Bullock, it, and maybe I'm just missing something from her speech, but like, it, it seems like she's worked really consistently for years. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I can think back. She did what Miss Congeniality. She mm-hmm. was a ton of. She was working. What, Speed the 90s? was in the nineties. Working really consistently. She did um, uh, the Blind Side. Yeah, but, good at movie. the time it wasn't like oh, finally Sandra Bullock's back. Like she was in a bunch of stuff. She's worked really consistently. Yep. I mean, if she it made problems, a lot of money doing it. If she's had problems with the industry, if you want to pivot to working for Netflix, I don't care. But uh, it sounds like she is saying like she had a problem. I don't know. It seems like she hasn't had a problem. Nope. No? No. So, so my question is, uh, I'm just saying she's she, right about the stories. Mm-hmm. She's right. Like different cultures are being able to tell different stories now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's maybe that it's more roles are being written that can be, that can use somebody her age. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of women uh, in Hollywood think of it as like, uh, when do I start playing the mom and not the, but she already did that. Like, exactly. It's interesting because she has transitioned. I mean, I would, I am not a, you know, her number, I'm not writing her biography or anything, but like, She's worked consistently. She's transitioned with her age. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't feel like as far as so we know. So where is the sexism? Right. Or mm-hmm. it seemed like, you know, you mentioned she had adopted some kids. If she wasn't working for a while, to me, it has seemed like it has been her choice. Yeah. Maybe I am wrong. But well, again, I'm just going to say maybe she's just bringing this all up again because nobody cares about Sandra Bullock. Like nobody is like bringing up her name. Like a lot of celebrities who are older, like, for example, McDonald's. Um, Madonna, I called her McDonna. My bad, because she's so bad Collabor- for you. Collaboration with McDonald's. Yeah, but she's amazing. so bad for you. She's a McDonald's. She's got two things mm-hmm. in post production right now: Bullet Train, The Lost City, Unforgivable came out, and then these are. Uh, I'll give you the the time periods here. So she's got. Remember, she's she's not a TV star. She's a movie. St- she she's a movie actress. So that's uh, a lot of times if you're doing that, you're doing one or two projects a year right. that mm-hmm. come out. So 2009, 2011, 2013, 2013, 2013, 2013 2015, 2015, 2018, 2018, 2021. So a couple, one every couple of years because you're making bigger movies. And she's adopted several children during this time. She's got her own life. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like bad to me. And it it seems like it goes like, okay, in like the 90s, right? It Mm -hmm. says 90, 92, 93, 93. So she has like a bunch coming out in 93, but she's younger. You're probably... Yeah, she has fewer commitments. I mean, again, like... 94, 95, 96, 96, 96. So I think she's... One to three a year during the nineties. She's mm-hmm. thinking of Is there a lull in the early two thousands? Yeah, that's okay. That's uh, so. So we've got here two thousand, and then she's got one, two, three, four that come out in two thousand. Uh, Gunshy, twenty eight days. Uh, Lisa Picard is famous. Uh, Miss Congeniality, and then two thousand two she has Murder by Numbers. Mm-hmm. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood in two thousand two. Two thousand two she has Two Weeks Notice. So you can literally see her career. It's very consistent mm. the whole time. Uh, when you're making good money, you don't. There's a. I would say if there was a lull here, it would be. It seems like there was nothing between. No, there was something in 2011. It doesn't seem like more than every couple, like two years, maybe she goes without working. But a lot of them do stage work. A lot of them do. Uh, right. Or like I said, she adopted children. Like she's mm-hmm. got other stuff going on. If she's financially secure, like two years is not that bad. I mean, in a lot of European countries, they'll give a year maternity leave. Yep. Yeah. Um. I. I don't. I hate the idea that it just automatically blamed on uh, something as simple as sexism. Well, what's bothering me is like, what are you blaming on sexism? What is your issue? Because yep. you've 
been consistently cast you've been consistently mm-hmm. working are you saying that you aren't getting other roles be- that you wanted because you're a woman because like mm-hmm. there are a lot of actors who get no roles because is it, that, is it that she is it that she wants a different type of role? Yeah. Maybe like, maybe then you should move to producing or writing. Like, like the three fifty. She was a producer for a hot minute, so she is working in all aspects yep. of the mm-hmm. industry. But but it's fashionable now. But it's fashionable See, now. I felt like this is like you made the comparison to Taylor Swift earlier. Miracle. Yeah. I felt like this is when when <clears throat> Taylor Swift made all those political statements. Yeah, you know you can do whatever you want to do, girl. But like it just felt like it was like she waited saw that people were, were having this me too culture and whatever else and then she was like me as well i am also yeah well this. that's what kim and i don't wanna, try to do you remember but then she I got canceled under sight like it, i know there are i can't imagine the pressures of being mm-hmm. a young woman developing in hollywood or in the music industry like there i i don't want to act like i know what i know what they went through at the mm-hmm. same time though this feels like sandra bullock is making a statement you're right to stay relevant or to be like well, let's remember what the biggest evil is: sexism. Yep. It was hard for me because I walked around with blinders on through my li- through life and got to where I felt I was less than because I because I was a woman. She explained. Mm-hmm. What like this is the thing? Like I feel like it's you're just actually, virtue signaling. It's just no, what virtue I actually signaling. feel like is someone is telling her this. Like, by the way, did you know that you, you are having well? A that's hard what time? happened with Taylor Swift with her Netflix documentary about herself. Like, basically, she didn't realize until somebody like said, yeah. oh, I but watched." If you, uh, if you didn't realize there was a problem, was there actually a problem? Like that's exa- what, exactly that's what's bothering me so much. Sarah Bullock didn't get passed up for a different role. She's wait. When did she start her career? Like, what age? Because Taylor Swift started at age sixteen. So she has like, to me, I'm like, dude, you're 16. A lot of people are like, I want that because she's young and fertile. Yeah, I'm, and I mm-hmm. think growing up as like uh, an underage person who comes into fame, like there are a lot of pressures that come with this. I can't exactly. Imagine. But with Sandra Bullock, it sounds like you've worked consistently and you're upset that you're working. Like, this this I, is a, I, I want to bring up this quote that I found the other day mm-hmm. uh, that, that uh, Hollywood needs to realize they're the problem. And this quote is from uh, Dexter. De- it's, it's from the actress, Julia, jo- Julia Jones who's mm-hmm. in the new Dexter. And she says on growing up in Jamaica, plain Boston, one of the greatest things about growing up there was that it was so ethnically diverse. You didn't pay attention to race. My dad is part Choctaw, uh, Chickasaw and African-American. I didn't realize the significance of not being white until I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. So she didn't realize that people thought it was a problem until she moved to the place that claims that it's the problem. Yeah, yeah, because it's the place that struggles to talk about it mm-hmm. the most. And I think uh, I have friends who grew up in like Mississippi, mm-hmm. and they uh, are very, you know, I, I'm sure they would consider themselves progressive. And they mm-hmm. talk about, you know, we understand race in a way that people who are in wealthy enclaves of Hollywood mm-hmm. never will. Nope, and they will never understand. It's so nuanced and mm-hmm. it's difficult to describe. And I think Hollywood again it's not about actually making anyone's lives better it's really about how they can make money mm-hmm. bullock stars in the opposite channing tatum in the adventure rom-com the lost city on march 25th Ugh. she's that much older i'm how much older is she than channing tatum what more does she want to not know. for, for also, the like she so she's worth i just like i don't understand like you're mad because you're but you're work i but you're working consistently you're working consistently you're getting roles people are excited about you you have the luxury of being able he's to 41. take time off like okay so you get to be a cougar i guess yep. a, like i just that's a show that was a show cougar town also yep. like what bothers me sometimes one of the things i did like about taylor swift it's not that i agree with her positions once she came out but she took mm-hmm. a couple specific positions that i was you know like okay fine like you have really done research she did yeah she backed um a tennessee lawmaker in a specific bill that regarded stalking mm-hmm. and okay. cyber stalking 
I'm sure she's experienced that. We yeah. know that. There oh, are yeah. tons of reports about it. For sure. This kind of, I was suffering because of sexism. Like, okay, woman who has worked for decades in this industry, could you please cite for me a specific issue mm-hmm. that you are going to specifically make it your mission to address? This is just talk. If yeah. you see a problem, give me a specific campaign, mm-hmm. back it with your money, mm-hmm. and I'll believe you. But right now, it just seems like you had nothing to say in this interview that was new. I was yeah, less exactly. than because I was a woman, she explained. I don't know what that means. Well, and mm-hmm. also, is this like, you don't want to talk about your kids or your love life, so you're like, sexism, I know yep. Well, like, she this. was kind of, like, the article that I brought up earlier, how Sandra Bullock, like, is so proud adopting her kids from Africa. Like, she kind of said that she was scared of her old, like, her son because he's a black male uh. in that article. And I was like, why are you scared of your own son? Did he try to like beat you? little, right? Like They're very detached from reality. Mm-hmm. I was like, did your son, who's, like, maybe a preteen now, try to beat you or something? Like, speak, woman, speak. I don't, I don't mean to it's be, weird like... weird guilt virtue mm-hmm. signaling. So. Also, like your life seems good like Mm -hmm. what i would have been more interested to hear her say like if she does have a problem with sexism like this specific part of the industry maybe it's a casting Mm -hmm. standard where else and i'm gonna work to fight it but i'm really grateful for the opportunities i've had Mm -hmm. and things i'm able to provide my children yeah Yeah, i wish they spoke that way yeah Mm -hmm. it's always there's a problem it's Mm -hmm. always framed from the negative it's always always framed from something that needs to be fixed no action plan no because they don't want to do it and like um another singer that kind of did the same thing billy eilish you know how like she wears like bulkier clothes Mm -hmm. because she doesn't want people to know like how her body is naturally Mm -hmm. but when she finally wears a tank top everybody like freaks out because like she's a little bit bigger than like usual women but what's usual women (laughs) She's bustier. I mean, yeah, like, thank you. I, I didn't she's know. so young, I don't really like to comment on it, but like... Yeah, but then like she did... Oh, that type of bigger. I, yeah. I, I had no idea what you meant. No, yeah, because... We're, we're looping in here. Okay. But, um, but then she did an interview where she's like, oh yeah, like uh, I suffered sexism. And I'm like, really? Your brother helped you. You got your career because your brother helped you. There is so much money to be made mm-hmm. in virtue signaling and there's so like, much money well, to be made. My thing is like, are you, we talked about language earlier with Uber, like, mm-hmm. are you, why are we all saying sexism? Is this actually what you mean? Could you please specifically describe to me what you're talking about? Because mm-hmm. maybe it's not sexism. Maybe there is another problem. If there's another problem. Let's fix that. Well, but. you remember how earlier I brought up Kim Kardashian, like how she tried to piggyback on the me too movement but she got shut down Mm -hmm. because they were like no you started your career showing off your body shouldn't that be sexism too because like they're basically being prejudiced towards kim kardashian yes she kind of got famous because of her sex tape but also like you don't know where what she experienced but then these girls like sandra bullock taylor swift and Billie eilish they're like my whole career has been suffered because sexism yep it's so, a very easy well, and move. their careers have benefited because of sexism, right? Exactly. Like, so I don't get it. Like, I, I'm not trying to be like anti-feminist, but like, some. I wish like they said it better, like how you said it, where like, um, I'm thankful how I got my career, but I do want to fight stuff within the career because there is certain things that you guys don't see, like sexism. Uh, but, or not and, even like, use sexism because right now it's a hot topic word and yeah. there's a lot of negative or like call out a it. specific mm-hmm. you know i want to make it into standard that young mm-hmm. women are not allowed to be privately interviewed by a casting director exactly like to protect them mm-hmm. yeah. or I, I don't even know what there are because i'm not in the industry but like mm-hmm. the I, behavior of certain producers uh right. or, or the way mm-hmm. producers act towards you or like the to base pay based on like i don't know how many 
how many minutes on the film mm-hmm. you are so that there's yeah. no gender bias like but they but they love the fact that they get to be subjective with their casting so then they can also be subjective with their pay so if they can uh if they're allowed to discriminate uh on the basis of race gender uh because of casting because it's a vi- because it's such a subjective medium right they don't have to follow standard practices of making a casting call mm-hmm. open to everyone because mm-hmm. the role might not call for it mm-hmm. right so they can do that they can also do it on on the basis of pay so sandra bullock uh and tom cruise star in the same movie they're gonna have different agents and Mm -hmm. it's up to you and your agent to get you the amount of money you feel you deserve for that role Mm -hmm. and then it's not your job to complain later it's for you to negotiate as hard as you can work the deal until it bursts Mm -hmm. take the best offer uh that you work towards or walk away Mm -hmm. it is not your job to say that it's because of sexism it's your job to maybe you should get a new agent (laughs) exactly exactly but Didn't Sandra Bullock get famous uh, during the time of Harvey Weinstein? I mean, uh, I just don't know enough about her. Career. Everybody from that time period would be then. I mean, it's I, I don't know if she worked on any of his projects or anything like that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he did Speed, but maybe he did the movie Speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I just thought I would I would get your guys's perspective on that because like to me when I look at it, I look at it as it's a visual medium. Uh, storytellers are going to tell certain stories that will require you to cast certain age ranges mm-hmm. of actors and actresses. That is not necessarily sexism. That's choice and story, and that's not the same thing. Um, I'm not saying, and obviously it does exist, like you said, but you need to cite specific examples and types of situations. Otherwise, it's just a blanket statement that's meant to make you look good and make Mm -hmm. everybody else, an entire industry of people, look bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My problem with this, I guess my takeaway, if you're asking from a perspective, Mm -hmm. is it seems like she has... um, she has been cast consistently across her age range. It's not like she was popular when she was a teenager and then when she became a gray-haired lady, she became like, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that Hollywood has, there are certain actors who have to age into roles. You know, maybe they have a baby face. Maybe yeah. they don't yep. hit their stride. It doesn't seem like she struggled with that. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what she's referring to. And I don't love the use of, like you said, a buzzword mm-hmm. to when she is someone who is success who has reputation in the street and if she really saw a problem she could do something about it um i'm not really sure what the point of these statements were exactly but also i'm kind of mad because if you do like a quick search on her she was the world's highest paying actress both 2010 and 14 so i don't know that long ago yeah so i don't know what she's complaining about and again like i said there's no gap in her Mm -hmm. career as far as we can tell so exactly speaking of which um i want to talk about award shows and whether they actually matter no they don't do they matter anymore no it's all rigged uh it's it's, i want a two thousand dollar gift bag yes uh so this article is from indiewire and it says golden globes underwhelm as hollywood anticipates the real influencers the sag awards Mm -hmm. so the real influencers are the screen actors guild apparently uh this year's award season is almost as quiet as last year's but there's still time to build winning momentum what a long strange trip it's been watching the golden globes fade into obscurity not that long and that not that strange i think what does golden globes do uh like television television yes mm-hmm. um 
Sunday night's untelevised awards ceremony was held at the usual location, the Beverly Hills. It wasn't uh, televised? Nope, it wasn't even televised. The Beverly, because I, I think they had no uh, no crowd because of COVID. COVID. Um, yeah, so uh, the Beverly Hilton in a private ballroom without a red carpet, celebrities, press, or fanfare, and the rest of Hollywood beyond those with a rooting interest in their upcoming awards like SAG, Oscars, and the Emmys, uh, paid little mind to the Globe winners, announced via a series of off-kilter star-focused tweets. Truth is, the Globes have long provided a great excuse for Hollywood to reveal its hedonistic party weekend. At the moment, that the sort of behavior like the Golden Globes themselves is hidden behind closed doors. I always think it's so weird how people like love seeing celebrities hanging out with one another. It's like all the there's always gifts of like celebrities like hugging at these events. I'm like, why do you care? It's mm-hmm. like a, a click at your high school. You're like, oh my gosh, they're friends. Yeah, so cool. It, it's uh, very relevant to me. Oh my god, it's not. Seeing, just in case you're wondering. Oh, wait, Lady Gaga about, and uh, Bradley Cooper hanging out. High school with reunions. Are you ever going to go back to it? Sorry, it's off. My topic. high school doesn't have reunions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to this public school that just doesn't organize them. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, my graduating classes had several fatalities and so like our fifth year what would have been our fifth year high school reunion Mm -hmm. we all saw each other at uh someone's wake Mm -hmm. um which is morbid but that's my life very morbid Mm -hmm. um you know there i would go back probably but there's not a you -hmm. know there's not a purpose and i don't feel like i'm necessarily missing anything well for me i feel like i i wouldn't go at all because i didn't care for high school at all our high school is really crappy even though it was like the newer high school that um it was built in 2008 we had crappy like we had crappy systems there and like also they rigged the prom sorry i'm still salty about it because my prom was outside on the grass and everybody was like wearing high heels or like whatever fancy shoes they had and we had like a little towers outside (laughs) i don't know like somebody chose so weird (laughs) no it was so stupid because they asked us like what kind of prom do you want and like they gave us two options that I thought were both stupid and generic. So one of them was like wintertime in Paris. And then the second one was princess and the frog theme. And like apparently everybody chose the winter in Paris one, but we got the princess and the frog one. And it wasn't even that theme either. We went downtown Bakersfield nearby the clock tower and our platform was like this little tiny thing. And this is how I feel about the Golden Globes. Like it's just a crappy reunion that nobody needs. Yeah. I think you're right. It says uh, the NBC's live Golden Globe show has helped build win- winner's momentum, but that didn't happen this year. And due to the Omicron surge, the live event that was supposed to capitalize on the Missing Globes telecast, the Critics' Choice Awards, was postponed until uh, another date still to be announced, along with the Academy Governor's Awards. It really is just one big circle jerk mm-hmm. the whole way around. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like the award show version of we investigated ourselves and found we did nothing wrong. Yeah, that's a great line. Um, we we've uh, we've judged ourselves and find found that we all deserve awards yeah i think what's hard is uh the prominence of like independent reviewers now like especially, yep. like if i go to amazon prime and i'm gonna select a movie maybe amazon's gonna suggest things but i can also see mm-hmm. like the stars like how much it's gotten rated mm-hmm. i hear from my friends maybe there's like a, a blogger i like who's who's uh recommended this film to me i think that like in the way that these big organizations sort of govern themselves like i don't even know who's who is on the board of people who decide things yeah. at any of them it doesn't i don't know and i don't know that i care about their opinion because i can use my own um influencers or own 
you know metrics to decide mm-hmm. if I like a film. I think and I those wish, industries won't are never going to they'll never coexist, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm because more, Hollywood sees themselves as the elite, and they view anybody who makes it on their own as somehow less than them, right? I am much more interested, you know, when a film has uh, like the laurels from like the Telluride Film Festival or Sundance or like little, whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more meaningful to me mm-hmm. um, because I think that. Even is, that to me is like well, and it's it's not perfect, but it's I feel m- more excited about it because people in those have a broader interests and there's more niche and there's more whatever. This feels so corporate. I don't care. I don't care what the Golden Globes say. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's they're all virtue signaling now anyway. It's yeah. all soapbox. It's all soapbox presentation so that they can complain about whatever cause, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, the industry that um, produced Harvey Weinstein will then go on and, and have their celebrities well, talk about the, how they need to stamp out sexism um, uh, when they give their award speech. Right. Uh, all, all being clapped at by the same people they're literally talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard because there are people who work in these industries who I think deserve recognition, like hair and makeup artists or set design. Still remember, there is no award for stuntmen. Yeah. Interesting. We were talking about it. Like they never have it and they never like say those stuntmen or women that we lost in the past year. Like I was so upset that they didn't like Well they might do that off air. <clears throat> Well, they, I don't. Shouldn't they televise? But they them should now? absolutely televise. They should it. televise. They, it. they do. They do the thing for like celebrities that have died. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, inevitably, whenever they do that, somebody gets left off the list, and people get pissed. They get it wrong. But yeah. there's no there's no award for arguably one of the most dangerous aspects of filmmaking mm-hmm. in an industry that's increasingly dependent um, on it. Dependent on extremely it's, dangerous behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we talked. I talked about this earlier. That spy movie, three fifty five, and all of the Marvel like. They are sp- they are heavy stunt and like firearms and yep. whatever dominant. Mm-hmm. That industry would not exist. That what, what do you mean they're not getting awards? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yep. Uh, I think there are, um, you know, if we just want to answer the question, like do do award shows matter? Like some awards are worth watching, but I'm never more likely to buy an album because it won an Emmy. I'm never more likely to see a movie because it won an Oscar. I know some people Mm -hmm. might be. I'm not more likely to watch a television show because it won a Golden Globe. Like, are you just trying to congratulate people who work in the industry? Yeah. That's fine. A, a ton of industries have industry awards, but do they matter to the consumer? I don't think so. It's the rise of celebrities being unable to shut up on Twitter or why these things are dying, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. they can't stand the, the celebrities giving their uh, virtue signaling talk up when they win the awards. Mm-hmm. People do, and it, like you mentioned earlier about influencers being far more... Um, uh, Rel- not relevant far more relatable to the average person by just by means of how they communicate with you mm-hmm. meaning that then that influencer probably makes pretty good money and you're probably not mm-hmm. much you, you probably have as little in common with that influencer as you do with that celebrity maybe a little bit more but in general the way that you communicate with them is so much more uh visceral mm-hmm. um like how you see them so there is an ivory tower nature an ivory tower feel to, to hollywood yeah. that people are just over it they don't care about what you think about uh, climate change yeah. or what you care, what you think about or who you thank in your award ceremony because mm-hmm. you're, they're up here and you're down here and they don't need to pay money or give you money or your network money by sitting down and watching that award show right. that is being advertised. I also think that, I mean, I, I feel like I say this every time I'm on the show, but social media has changed so much of how we uh, spend our, uh, how we use our attention and where we direct it. Mm-hmm. At one time to see Sandra Bullock or you know anyone 
on the red carpet and who are yeah. you wearing and who did she bring and the papers that come out for her. It's an industry that built itself, right? Mm-hmm. But I can look at her Instagram if I'm interested in what she's Yeah, wearing. exactly. Yeah. I can look at his uh, Twitter page and And see. get a much closer look. Yes. And get a far more realistic, mm-hmm. not, not realistic. Celebrities don't, aren't dependent on award show culture to be like this moment where they you know get photographed or have they seem like people they're just like us or we have connection mm-hmm. with them. there's there's literally a section in I, th- I don't know if it's the daily mail or one of those one of the mags where, where we get like a good amount of the stuff we talk about and there's literally like a segment like a section called celebrities they're just like us and it's always them like shopping those. or them buying food i'm like they're they're not like I us i always want to make a parody that's like co-workers they're just like you that would be mm-hmm. good that would be good so so yeah i just I don't know I, they should do a segment where they're like Humans, just being humans. Yeah. There you go. So there's others banking on the SAG Awards going into the Globes with seven nominations. So they're talking about what, like, uh, they're talking about it more from an industry perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I don't know what they think. I, I don't know if there's money involved in winning awards. Uh, I think it's if it ego. helps get, I think if it helps get other projects greenlit, maybe mm-hmm. down the line. Well, and I think it's like when companies have like a Christmas party, right? Mm-hmm. Like it feels good. We're all together for a moment. Marks the end of like a period of time. Like this is. Uh, Award shows come at the end and they mark sort of the beginning of the production timeline for films, right? I understand that industry needs those. I just don't know from a marketing perspective what it is doing for consumers. Yeah, for us anymore. So it says, mainly a depressed theatrical box office and pandemic cancellations are muting the noise around awards, but things are likely to pick up as we head into the final stretch with less potential for the usual award fatigue. So here's the winners listed. Uh, Best motion picture was for a drama was The Power of the Dog. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Best uh, musical or comedy was West Side Story. Best uh, motion picture animated was Encanto. Best motion picture non-English language was Drive My Car. I've been hearing a lot about that. Oh, is it that one guy that plays in, an, in the TV show of Netflix called Elite? I thought it was Lin-Manuel... Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda? Man- I Mm-mm. thought it was him, but I could be wrong. No, he was West Side Story. Right, uh, I saw. No, he's him. in the Heights. That's what you're. Or in the Heights, uh, which didn't do well either in the theaters, but which um, is amazing. Funny, bre- best original score. Best original score. Hans Zimmer for Dune. Uh, weird because I didn't think I thought that was like one of his less less uh, strong works. Uh, best song was No Time to Die. That was Billie Eilish, right? Mm-hmm. Did No Time to Die. And then best screenplay, Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. And that's been getting rave reviews I have wanted well. to see, I want to watch Belfast so badly. Can, is it on a streaming search? We should watch it's it. It's on Amazon Prime. We should all watch it. <gasps> Love that. Um, we watch. Well, and then best Belfast. actor in a drama was Will Smith for King Richard. Best actress in a drama. Ooh, they, al- they allowed the use of the word actress. I thought you couldn't refer to women as actresses anymore. You're supposed to refer to them it's as... Just, you're supposed to call them actors too. I'm going to ask that my title on TimCast.com be Rightress. Rightress. Because I like feminine pronouns. Uh, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. That was a mm-hmm. movie? Yeah, I, I showed a, you. I thought that was a show. Oh, I would no, watch that. No, it's a movie. It's a movie, okay. Uh, and then Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. He should also uh, win an award for pretending to not be in Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Very animatedly. Um, so those are like the big winners. I'm really surprised Dune didn't win. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't really show anything here for the effects-related victories. So uh, I don't think that award shows matter. I was going to go into this article. It says from Lad Bible saying Ricky Gervais thinks people are sick of virtue signaling celebrities and it references his 2020 golden globe uh you know the famous yeah. monologue mm-hmm. we'll skip it it's uh we're but that's interesting that that's like the 
most notable thing to have come out of the Golden Globes. I, if you told me Golden Globes, I would not think of anything except for maybe that speech. Mm-hmm. What's funny is I would, you know where I think they lost the plot. Do you remember Mean Tweets from like the, the Tonight the Show? Plot of life. Yeah, they the, lost the plot of life. Do you understand? Do you remember Mean Tweets? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Mean Tweets was a, was a great segment where people take the piss out of celebrities. The they, Wire and, stole that segment. Yeah, and then the, and then they're always like the celebrity always makes like a sullen face afterwards, like they're mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, eventually the celebrity would like respond back to them. Now half the articles you read are like, so and so Zendaya claps back at online troll. I'm like, you're a rich, famous person with millions of followers taking the time out of your day to clap back at some dude on the internet who probably has 34 people following him. It doesn't make you look like the better person. It there was something inherently kind of wholesome about watching celebrities kind of get roasted and then just kind of take it because everyone wants to be the guy who roasts the king, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be the person who be so that they can have the them taken down I mean, a path. That's why ro- like roasts exist. Exactly. Right? Like it's sort of there's a catharsis to it. Mm-hmm. I like what uh, Kevin Hart's career plan: do everything Eddie Murphy did but shittier. <laughs> That's funny. That was, uh, like I said, roasts are important, like, for that culture. They need to realize that as much as you want to believe that because you have social media, you're just like the rest of us, you're not. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, but you need to have a little humility. Uh, And I think that that goes a long way in helping your brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look at Keanu Reeves, right? Like, let's let's just go right into a new segment. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, So... Is it time for our podlock? How exciting! Yes, uh, I know, right? That's uh, uh, this. This is this is really fun. Uh, so I've got three stories here for uh, podlock. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna go Keanu first. Keanu Reeves. So this is. Are there the rules that govern the podlock? What's the etiquette for three? A podluck? Three stories is the is the goal. I'm picking three for each of them. No time Just limit. Some, some quick if, take. if it's if it's if it's two minutes, that's great. If it's five minutes, that's great. It doesn't matter. Okay. But like this one's great because we've talked so much about this already. But the stories keep on coming. So I literally yep. wrote it in my in thing is Keanu. Nice Keanu continues. Last time I was on, we talked about sweet Keanu. See, yep. he's he is a, a legend in his own me. There's a reason why people will go out and see his bad movies. Uh, like that I will go see Knock Knock yeah uh, even though it's objectively awful because you want to support nice Keanu yeah also because you know when you spend money on Keanu he spends it doing nice things <laughs> yeah. for other people mm-hmm. you're, you're basically just reinvesting you're basically making a charitable donation you're, you're, like you could probably you should, you should check and see if it's right off if yeah. you can write uh, this is not I'm not giving financial advice what if he never paid his taxes he's like oh my oh. god he's a tax hero <laughs> that's even better Liberty Andy would love him. Then. Oh my gosh! We 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 revere Wesley Snipes here. Uh, we we hold we hold very a very high opinion mm-hmm. of 1990s and early 2000s Wesley Snipes. So yeah. what did what did Nice Keanu do? Okay, uh, it says Keanu. We have no evidence that Keanu Reeves is evading taxes. This, I just want no. To I'm just too. saying what if? What if? Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Keanu paid for private jet travel, hotels, and premiere tickets to the Matrix Resurrections for some of his closest friends. I like the fact. I I want to think the fact that like his closest friends aren't rich people, and that's mm-hmm. why he did They're it. Like guys, he knows he's just deli. He's, he's yeah. got his dude. Who go? Who he plays poker with on Friday? He's got his guy down at Is the that local. Who they are? Uh, no, I know, no. We're, gonna, we're gonna find out. It says Keanu Reeves and his generosity strike again. Uh, the actor, who's made a name for himself on the screen and through multiple acts of kindness, has once again shared his generosity with others. This time with the people behind the scenes who have helped him in his career. Reeves, fifty-seven. He's the same age as uh, Sandra Bullock. Yep. Same age. Stole mm-hmm. all her roles too. They're, they're both. Yep. They're both still working consistently. It must be sexism. 
um, uh, who stars uh, uh, in the Matrix Resurrections, reportedly treated members of his inner circle, including his trainers and representatives, to San Francisco for the December 18th world premiere of the film in San Francisco, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Director Chad Stahelski, who has been uh, stunt double for Reeves on the Matrix trilogy and directed the star in the John Wick franchise, and confirmed the, the gesture in the publication, saying he flew a bunch of us up here. Notice how it wasn't Keanu who confirmed this, it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to like talk about this stuff. Exactly, right? that's why we love this him. honorable. He's uh, incredibly generous in the in the audience tonight. Will be so many that helped him for his martial arts trainers to jujitsu trainers to hair and makeup to his stunt crew. Stahelski said he makes sure that his friends and family are here. He's epic. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter reports Reeves handled the cost of a private jet, hotels, premiere tickets, and organized a special post premium post premiere brunch. Not even a party. No hedonism. Mm-hmm. Just brunch. He's classy. He's such a good guy. Yeah. Like, I kind of want him to do, like, a segment where he just reads out motivational quotes. Uh, like I'm going to say something you don't like, and I'm just waiting till you get to the end of this article. Okay. Yes, him reading motivational quotes uh, would be wonderful. Yes, uh, it says... Uh, it says, Reeves showed off his modest character when he asked about the celebration... When asked about... When asked about the celebration by the outlet, saying, "Yeah, it's great to be able to ha- to share those experiences, our experiences and lives together." So he makes like a one statement, one phrase statement, and then passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in October, he surprised his four-man John Wick stunt team with uh, personalized Rolexes. Watching the late dinner in Paris after filming the upcoming action flick, it wrapped. Bruce Concepcion, uh, Jeremy Marinas, uh, David Caramillo, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce that one. Miracle. Lee. Lee Kwong. Kyung? Nope. Kyung? Mm, the skull let you suffer for okay. a little bit. But carry on. No, I want to know. How do you pronounce it? Or do you not know? Um, Qs are usually CH no, uh, noises. So, I don't know why. So Xiang? Mm-hmm. Okay, so and wh- how would you pronounce the first name? Lee. Lee. Lee Xiang? Okay. Yeah, so that was the stunt team. Lee. Okay. Uh, so, but, okay, go on now. What were you going to say? I feel like this is a content reach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, it's nice, cool that he did that, but I actually feel like a lot of people, like it's sort of headline like, wealthy person flies people he likes to event and then pays for them. Like, I think probably other people do this. No hate on Keanu, I think he's great. Last time I was on and we talked about Keanu, I mentioned that sometimes I feel like it's cool that we celebrate him and hold him up as someone who does nice things, but maybe also we should remember perhaps our bar for what we expect people to do has gotten so, so low, low yeah. that he does anything basically human decent, and then we're like, "Oh my gosh, I think he's it's, an amazing angel among men." It's not the it's not that he does things decent; it's that he doesn't want credit for it. Yeah, but also that, maybe that's a standard we should hold people to too. Like you do nice things because they're the right thing to do. Yeah, I think it's cool that he's celebrating the people that helped him get where he he is, and I, you know, he his other reactions. Uh, he gave up. Uh, what was it his like bonuses mm-hmm. to movies for people 70 who, million in, to like stunt men and yeah. hair and makeup i mean i think this is just more of his character but i do think that these uh i maybe think these outlets are copying on a trend here mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's gonna be like keanu reeves okay then, you know then doesn't me, cough at someone's face he's such a great guy th- yeah then let me rephrase this as uh in a world where 90% of the articles are about the bad, the sexism, the racism, the homophobia, the transphobia, the blah, blah, blah. I would rather they also make the articles about the good to balance it out. Yes, mm-hmm. I totally um, agree. So if it, content and reach, maybe, but uh, karmic balance, uh, a way to balance mm-hmm. the moods, definitely. Right. And, and I will take it. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And I'm grateful to have an article that's not like, 
young celebrity throws fit because do you know who I am or like mm-hmm. here's See, I miss those stories. I, I love those stories. I mean, I, I wouldn't report on them, but I do get a kick out of that. I, when you- it's always interesting to read, but on the other hand, like if we are, if we are weed, if we are the content we consume, it's nice to be periodically yep. reading stuff that's a reminder of correct and mm-hmm. you know honorable behavior and not just like oh my god can you believe they did this thing i almost yeah. bumped the sandra bullock story because i'm just like it's such a drain it's such a it's so predictable from hollywood uh they don't want to have an actual conversation they want to make statements and then keep and then go on about their day mm-hmm. right so the all i could think about was like how can i turn this into an actual discussion mm-hmm. so if i have to read through all that crap and then uh try to form an actual civilized conversation where we can actually try and get to what they mean i also want to cover nice keanu and him flying people out to a damn premiere yeah, yeah. i'm glad you picked it i just want to point out like they have <laughs> caught on that this is trendy that well fine well, well then bring back mean tweets too i want celebrities to to make it cool again to get roasted no mm-hmm. i i i'm happy to cover stuff like this i just feel like it's worth saying like we should expect everyone to express gratitude to the people who got them there especially if you yeah. have the um means to do something significant mm-hmm. and they kind of pointed out here they say his habit of going of doing down-to-earth and kind tasks for his fans frequently goes viral like in may when a writer recounted the time the actor bought an ice cream cone just so that he could sign the receipt for a 16 year old fan mm-hmm. that's so cute <laughs> i didn't even know that one see that's how see, many there so are many, and that's like the thing the, the the cool thing about i feel like someone like keanu who i do not know personally is that he does them because they're the right thing to do so there are probably hundreds of thousands of everyone being like oh one time keanu did this thing i remember this girl i think she's an actress now and i can't mm-hmm. remember her name talking about her first couple weeks in hollywood and driving around bel-air and she was saying she'd hope she would see a celebrity and then her car broke down and it was really embarrassing and she was having a problem and someone was like hey do you need help and it was keanu reeves <laughs> there, there you go it's uh he'll be there to help eventually we'll clone him and he will just be like he will be all of AAA. He will be all of the police department. Jake from State Farm. He will be yeah. all of the firefighters. He will be all of the emergency services people. It will all just be Keanu. It'll all be done mm-hmm. Keanu. And then they'll make a movie about it, starring the actual Keanu. Mm-hmm. No, he wouldn't be in it because he'd be like, guys, like, no, no. I, I don't want to. It's just nice to be able to share our lives with people, you know. There mm-hmm. you go. So, uh, topic two. Uh, I don't know if th- this one's more for me than you guys. Unless Mir- Miracle, have you seen the raid? The Indonesian film. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it's called the Raid Redemption in America. It sounds familiar. He's got to battle his way to the top of the the drug den of of the drug dealers. I'm gonna search up. You continue the. Uh, so basically, anytime Michael Bay gets mentioned, I bring it up because I, I I unapologetically love Michael Bay and everybody else hates him. It's kind of like how what I'm gonna do with my background back here. You let me switch back. Uh, in my background. Oh yeah, I have seen this. Oh my gosh! So I can bring you a sweet Michael Ray's. Uh, barbecue bottle yeah, yes to go on your yes, bookshelf you can uh, so uh, I put a poster up for one of my favorite movies of all time is the movie Heat and Chris Carr hates that movie mm-hmm. so I'm going to decorate my background with things that I love that other people hate mm-hmm. so it's your background that, exactly it's, it's my background also fun fact about the sorry off topic because I just saw this and it reminds me of my childhood but the actor who plays as the main character was in the st- terrible netflix tv show called the woo fighters 
uh, Wu Assassins. Yeah. The the, the that stupid yeah. Netflix show Nobody. because um they did a whole political thing about racism. Yep. It was in the trailer. It was mm-hmm. in like the, it turned people off the moment people. Yeah. I watched it. I thought it was a cute story. So basically, Shang Chi almost did the same thing. Like I kind of see the. Yeah. Uh, correlations with them where it's like a father and son trying to reconnect but yeah so come to me about your terrible movie the heat uh, yeah no 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 Ooh, we're, we're talking about over there mm-hmm. we're talking about the raid uh and the the p- point is is they're making an american um they're doing american adaptation finally mm-hmm. um this has been in the works for like a gazillion years like it's one of those movies called production hell mm-hmm. uh they tried to get it off the ground when the raid first came out which got it's like a cult classic in the action film genre mm-hmm. if you get a chance uh watch any of the ac- action sequences on youtube it will blow your mind mm-hmm. um so it says three of the biggest name uh, three of the biggest action directors in the game are coming together to help uh give a new spin to one of the decade's most acclaimed action picks uh sources tell deadline that netflix has come aboard now that's the other part we have to worry about is that it's netflix involved and it's always suspect uh netflix has come aboard with a new imagining of gareth evans cult classic the raid tapping Patrick Hughes to direct it with Michael Bay and XYZ Films to produce. Evans will executive produce along with the range of media partners. What happened was is like uh, to get the Raid 2 made, mm-hmm. they had to sell a bunch of the rights to the uh, American, to the production version of the American one that they were making at the time, or that they mm-hmm. were working at the time. At one point, both of the Hemsworth brothers were in, in talks to star with it. And then Frank Grillo was in talks to star with it. Now I think they're back to square one mm-hmm. with that. But I could just tell that uh, I already saw a video today when I when I found this topic, I looked it up on YouTube and there's already videos like, oh no, Michael Bay is going to be involved in a new, uh, and you, and you do have to worry because Michael Bay, even as a producer tends to have an effect on the stuff he makes. Mm-hmm. Like his movie, if you've seen any of his Transformers movies, he directed those, but he also only produced the modern version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they look exactly like you would expect a Michael Bay directed movie to look, even though he only produced those movies. So mm-hmm. there's a strong possibility that his view or his uh, approach will will uh, factor into the storytelling here mm-hmm. and i uh, i will love it i will pr- it's probably going to be bad but you're allowed to love certain bad movies and you're allowed to like whatever you like man exactly like, you don't have to justify yourself for me yep. you're a michael bay groupie and that's uh, all you need not to a, say not, not a groupie just uh, I, I just give him a lot of i give him a lot of leeway because i like a lot of uh, the kind of his signature uh, they're they're cheesy and I love it. Yep. And uh, I love uh, gratuitous slow-mo. I love lens flare. I love the American... Well, I don't love the American military per se, but I love the, I love the, the unapologetic patriotism of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you watch any of the honest trailers for any Michael Bay movie, they're hilarious because they're, mm-hmm. they're 110% accurate and they're 110% accurate as to why people probably don't like them. I just accept the fact that I do like them and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, it says, uh, the package has been in the work for some time. Insiders all came together after the rights lapsed over the most recent try at a reboot that was the frank grillo one that they wanted to do so uh i just wanted to bring it up so if people uh, i'll probably stay involved in this and, and follow this production along as it goes through the the first guy the um not evans but patrick hughes he's the one who did uh the he did one of the expendables movies and then he did the hitman's bodyguard both of which uh did very you know pretty well so uh, I'm hoping that this one comes along well. I just wanted to bring it up so people know that it's being worked on mm-hmm. and hopefully uh, it goes somewhere because I want to see it do. I want to see it come out. Even if it does have to come out through Netflix, I'd rather see it come out as like a, 
a theater release. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Like I'd rather see a movie like this uh, with intense action. You know, if it's going in to, the surround sound yeah. with the popcorn, I get you. If it's going to follow anywhere close to the actual rate, you know, the the Indonesian version, uh, and then it would be better off seen in a the theater. Mm-hmm. But we're probably not going to get that, which is sad. Um, last topic: Antonio Brown apologizes. Do you do you Finally. remember the story? The guy that ran on the football field shirtless. Oh, I did see clips mm-hmm. of this. Uh, he, uh, nobody could figure out what was going on. Well, after Why did he apologize? Who is he? Is he a football player? He's a, he's yeah. a football player. And, and what happened was um, that we've heard several stories now because we almost like, I'm going to do this for TikTok. He, uh, he, he was um, injured, he claims, in that they were trying to make him play injured. Uh, and that they gave him, uh, they were never able to confirm what it was. They injected him with a, uh, with a very, very uh, um, heavy duty, I don't know if it was a painkiller, but it was probably lidocaine. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty common in those circles. Uh, but basically he talks about how like this was his exit from football. Like he quit. Like he quit in the middle of the game. He just walked off the field, took his jersey, and it was a big deal. And then later, trash because Tom, he got injured. Who? Because he, his claim is that the coach was telling him to get in the game and play, and he said, "No, I can't." The coach says that never happened. It's a he said, he said. You have no way of proving it was either of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just he's got a history. Of, he, he, he like I guess he like faked a vax card. Uh, back like and, and Tom Brady has been like his all Which like you should never do mm-hmm. you should never do and like Tom Brady uh, like has been his main defender like when I looked at the comments like on a bunch of like the like the Instagram posts about this they're like yeah. Brady took you in when like apparently he was like homeless at one point and Brady took him in uh, got him a job with the Bucks and then now he's like Brady's a, a glory hog he can't win uh, he can't win by himself he's got to have the team and everyone's like yeah but why are you trashing a dude who's like clearly been defending you this whole time mm-hmm. like when Brady was asked about his behavior, he's like, you know, we just want the best for him. Like he very qu- clearly took the professional uh, kind yeah. approach. So kind of interesting because you wonder if there are like maybe he did get injected or maybe there's a lot of mental health stuff. At play. I think that yeah. That's, and so uh, any of it is kind of depressing to think about. But it says Antonio Brown appears to be showing some regret over his infamous shirtless breakup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, admitting his wild outburst was unprofessional and unnecessary. So that's awesome. Like anytime somebody can apologize or they come to terms with something they did and say I wish I had done it another way uh, that's good like what if he had like doubled down he was like no I wish I had taken, I should have my, taken pants my pants off, off too. <laughs> exactly I wish I had taken my pants it off it wasn't too. even enough no it wasn't enough so it says AB touched down in Los Angeles Monday afternoon after a week of living it up in, the, in New York City just hours after his flight he was uh, he hit up hot spot Craig's for a bite to eat with his new buddy Kanye West mm-hmm. apparently this guy apparently Antonio Brown's like a musician too or he wants to be a musician so it says uh but before he went inside, the Super Bowl champ had a quick convo with the camera guys about his bizarre departure. He seems to wish he had handled himself differently. It probably wasn't necessary or professional, A.B. said, all while keeping a smile on his face. It's an interesting admission. A.B. has previously been given the middle finger to the Bucks since the breakup, claiming they were trying to force him to play with an ankle injury prior to his exit. Despite all the drama, A.B. has shifted his focus to music and has been linked up with some huge names like Fabulous and other uh, after his season ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for why he dined with Kanye West, Rumor is the rap legend wants to collab with AB on a track. Uh, but what if the actual reason is Kanye is like evangelizing oh. him and the mm-hmm. next headline is like AB finds God thanks to Kanye West. Dude, nice. Or, no, or Kanye's like, I want to be a pro football player and he wants advice on how to get into the NFL. Mm-hmm. No, I like mine better. That could be both. Kanye West to produce Antonio Brown's first gospel album. Mm-hmm. 
There we go. Telling us that's good. Then there was this one from uh, it was it says uh, Antonio Brown's Bucks meltdown gets NFT treatment could fetch 1.5 million at auction. A video of Antonio Brown's famous meltdown that led to his eventual cut from the Bucks is getting the NFT treatment. And it can be all yours. You've got some if you've got some serious coin laying around. Mm-hmm. TMZ Sports has learned that footage of Brown's June January 2nd blow up at MetLife Stadium has turned into an NFT and will go up for auction on January 13th. We're told the non-fung fungible token is expected to garner a bunch of bids and considering just how viral the video went following his posting on social media the final price could get into the seven fi- into seven figures the tweet alone garnered 11.5 million views mm-hmm. uh, given how given how uh, similarly viral nfts have sold in the past the expectation is the winning bidder could pay around 1.5 million wow that's uh it's just a video it's just it's just a cell phone video it's not even like a also flag that for like one of like to watch how many views do you think it'll have by the end of the year because these things taper off but like Mm -hmm. are we gonna reference this especially when his gospel album comes out that and then the first gospel album will be for sale i've got all of uh uh, every day when we do this show uh my lovely co-host here doodles uh in her on her notepad yeah and i save all of them and then when she's big like uh big and famous we're gonna nft the crap out of all of those yeah they're just weird doodles sometimes i draw food because i don't eat breakfast and i come straight here when i just wake up yeah sometimes when i'm like mindlessly scrolling on my mm-hmm. phone and I'm on Pinterest and realize I'm like looking at a bunch of recipes exactly. or I'm like oh I think I need to eat lunch oh my god do you want to go shopping for like furniture stuff because yeah. I need to like decorate my house yeah and I, totally was, like, I was looking at some stuff last night with Charlie and he is like decorate it however you want and I'm like I'm sorry I'm like spamming your messages with like cutesy things and he's like he mo- like he mother it and um, mumbled it under his breath. He was like, it's okay, I'm used to it by now. And I was like, what did he say? And he's like, nothing, nothing, he's honey. He's a partner, he's just supporting you, you know? Yeah, and I was like, for real, how do you want to decorate it? And he's like, I want guns. And I'm like, okay, uh, how am I gonna hang this? Because technically Andy still lives there too. And I don't know if Andy, is Andy pro guns? Uh, I assume so, libertarian as he is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for me, I'm okay with it, but as decoration... Well, you, no, not as decoration. Dude, get a gun safe and actually... No, no, no. They make some really cool gun cabinets. I've seen mm-hmm. some that have, like, um, feet on the bottom. Like, yeah. Bur- like, you get some... One of the best things... I really like to, like, thrift furniture or, like, mm-hmm. purpose older stuff. And, like, gun cabinets are fascinating there's tons of them mm-hmm. actually uh, in my before life before I, mm-hmm. yes we should do that in my before life before i worked here i was mm-hmm. actually working uh for in a in real estate and mm-hmm. with a developer and we flipped this like older foursquare which is a style of house you'll see a lot yeah. around this area no wonder you're always looking at architecture oh my Instagram. Gosh, mm-hmm. it's the way i live my life man um but four squares were this style of american architecture that were supposed to be customized to mm-hmm. the family so they're known for like their built-ins but yeah if, but if you you know think back to like catalog homes mm-hmm. and they were supposed to be so like you build in whatever your family needs right mm-hmm. if you need a bench by your fireplace that goes in if you need a bookshelf whatever and i worked on this one and in the dining room there was this built-in cabinet with glass front doors mm-hmm. and i was like 
we were looking at it like, oh, a china cabinet. But when you opened up, you realized it had gun racks in it. And I was yeah. like, yes, well, this house was in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a great, perfect. You know. Yeah. Well, for him, he wants to get like gun decorations, not actual guns, because we're just gonna pictures have- of guns. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that what- would be so funny. <laughs> it would be funny if he did that. But because like last night he was like, oh, yeah, you need like more cups and like more plates and Look stuff. Look at him housewifing you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> He's like, you need more of that. And I was like, okay, can we get this one cup that's like cheap, like a cat's paw? He's Aww. like, okay, honey. Aww. He's like, okay. <laughs> because um, Chinese New Year is coming up and it's like February 1st. Now, um, I kind of want to do something with you guys, like Fun. something for the vlog. So I was like looking at Chinese New Year stuff that they have for Starbucks if you guys are not familiar starbucks in asia dude their um merch stuff is like banging like so the year of the tiger stuff they have like a year tiger is a huge Mm -hmm. deal too right yeah because it's um even though it's not the first zodiac sign it's the third one but it's known it has a lot of like mm -hmm. powerful connotations yeah so um also why i like the year of the tiger because i was born um the year of the tiger also of 99 i was the cutoff date i know Mm there because you're like a new year's baby right yeah they um i i npr did a Mm -hmm. or this american life had a whole segment on parents who specifically try to have children in year of the tiger yeah uh, and studies found is Mm -hmm. in china that like children well where you have tiger mm-hmm. perform better in school like there's all this yeah. stuff and it's the idea of like is that because people told you from the start that you were special you're born this year or is there actually something going on well also like um after i was born in the year of tiger i had friends who were born in 2000 and they're like the new trend is like they want their kids to be born in the year of the dragon because they feel like it's better than the year of the tiger but if you search up the year of the tiger like people who are born it um in it a lot of them are either politicians singers anything influential they're mm-hmm. basically in it so maybe that's why i had that career path of being here right now maybe i'm secretly here just to the year of the tiger everyone. like you had to be yeah, but, like, um, basically, I just wanted to do it so, like, everybody here can have fun because, like, it's, like, the new year, and I kind of grew up with it. That'd be fun. Yeah, and, like... You do that, mm-hmm. and then I'll host Canadian Thanksgiving in October. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do Canadian... What about you, Brett? You look bored out of your mind. You're like... What? He's like, women be shopping. <laughs> I'm like... Planning parties. I'm like, I don't spend much time on Pinterest. Well, I, I highly recommend. Pinterest is like... I Etsy. I Etsy, okay? I, I, I'll i Etsy from time okay. to time. I'll Did buy stuff on Etsy. Etsy and... No, sorry. You too. I love Etsy. <laughs> I love political, but... Okay, I love Etsy, but they're terrible for their artists. They're terrible. So, like, it's good for people who are buying it, but if you sell artwork on Etsy, it's, like, the worst thing ever because, like, you don't get the full money because they charge you. Mm-hmm. They're like, here's the tax for this. Here's the tax for that. Like, you don't get profit. So, if you do want to sell stuff... Start your own website. Mm-hmm. So, um, start your own website or Shopify. It's really good if you want to, like, start something a little bit small because they do their own screen printing there. But I still recommend it if you want to start, like, a small little business. I almost did that before starting here because Can I wanted to... you hear my stomach? No. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. No. no. I'm, I'm hungry, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have pizza rolls. Do you want it downstairs? I can warm up some. I don't want to steal your stuff, but yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's like a whole bag. And now I'm about to like warm it up because I'm like really hungry and I'm going to start typing again. So we're going to take another topic. Just, uh, <laughs> we're just going to make them stay. Uh, no. Uh, guys, do it. Do it. See what happens. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Hannah Claire, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? You can find me on, uh, first and foremost, timcast.com. I mm-hmm. write uh, every day. I'm also on Instagram at 
at hannahclare.b. I'm on Twitter at hcbrimelo. And I don't post there at all, but if you follow me, maybe I'll start. There you go. Get a strong incentive. Miracle, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me to talk social media, to talk anything to do with pop culture, mm-hmm. at Brett Dasovic on Twitter. Psych. No, I don't have a Twitter. It's at Brett Dasovic on Instagram. Me. Um, I think I'm going to switch to like Telegram or Gab or something. Oh, I have Telegram. Do you want to add each other? I love Telegram. Mm-hmm. And Andy is a big uh, fan of mine's again. Also, right, Signal is good too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We could keep talking. We could we'll yeah. discuss uh, Guys, later. if you want to follow. Guys, if you want to follow the podcast, you can find the podcast available at, what is it now? It's on Twitter, at popculture underscore show. It is on, you can make our friend Dane happy by following us on TikTok and on Facebook, or as I call it, Boomer Book, at Pop Culture Crisis. And then if you want to see the full episodes of the show, they are available on Spotify. They are available on Pandora. It's available on Amazon Music and on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. The segments for all the videos go up on YouTube.com. And in the description of all those videos, you will get a link to the Spotify playlist, which has all of the full episode in its entirety, not cut up uh, Monday through Friday, guys. We will see you here with another episode tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, we just hit 5,000 caves.